What's good, party people? This is Voodoo in the Woods. I'm according to Woods. He's Voodoo Maximus, former U of MMA champion, and UFC 270 is in the books. It is history, and we're going to break it all down for you, uh, with you, and all of you, your friends. Hopefully your friends, your enemies do. Uh, let's right. let's let's get on that. But we start off, man, with a crazy, crazy wait, 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 Uh-oh, wait, wait, what happened? Wait, wait. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, officially, your nickname has been changed to Eight or More A Day Woods. Because that is, that, <laughs> that is, that is what it is. Eight or More Woods. I'm very happy to be here with my main man. Eight or More He's always into something. He's always getting into something. You know what I'm saying? This is how he functions. He's got to be doing something. So it is what it is. Eight or more woods. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's just like I, I got no time for shit that I don't dig. And, the, you know, all the time for the shit that I do. So it's just, you know, it's all the shit that I do. Or whatever the f- there was an analogy I wanted to do, but my fucking brain just fucking clunked <laughs> out on me. But a whole lot of fucking fights, holy shit! Yeah. So, uh, and we're already getting the fucking comments. So, in uh, <laughs> Art Man with the plan, Fight Life Nation, Marcos Martinez says, Greetings, Adam and Voodoo. Can't wait to hear your take on the events. And E, oh, yeah. uh, much like Aaron Morrow uh, or MMA Jap Junkie over on Twitter, we're actually in house at the Honda Center for UFC 270. So I'm interested to see your guys' sure. take. Um, so shout out to Fight Life Nation. Go ahead and follow him and all of the pictures and interviews that he does over on all of his social medias right there. Fight Life Nation, bam. Uh, the good brother, Shaman Steve. Good mo- good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, Shaman yeah, Steve. Right on. What's up, Shaman Steve? Good to see you. Good to see you. Let's get this, bro. Yes, and uh, Mick Mac handling it from Australia. It's like, hey, Voodoo, have you been working out? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm back in the gym, man. I'm back in the gym. I'm feeling strong again. So it's time to uh, uh, hit the turf running. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, when I was growing up, when I was growing up uh, in Nigeria, uh, I remember this one particular experience. Like, uh, me and my mom would go, like, on, on some let's say a quick outing we're going to the store we're going here or there so the public transportation is are these like yellow uh buses or 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 vans or whatnot or uh, sedans you know so when we exit these buses you have to hit the ground running otherwise you're going to fall on your face so these buses don't come to a standstill Sometimes they, they, they keep in motion. They tell you to hop off, you know, because they are on a schedule. So in these instances, I remember as, as a youngster having to hop out while, while the, these buses are moving and like kind of almost like doing a, a, a running backwards, so to speak, to keep up with the momentum so you don't fall forward on your face. So uh, that's what popped in my head. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You, that's exactly what I do. I fall completely on my face when I'm at the damn all-you-can-eat food, salad bar, sushi, whatever the fuck, because I'm a fat-ass brother. Uh, there you go. So I, Me I too. Kinda... Hey, right now, I am as well. So I'm just going to, you know, uh, figure it out. Drop this 30 real quick just so I can regain my sanity. 
hey, oh, sanity, you know, like the, the, the <laughs> NXT faction. Are you Eric Young or are you more? Uh, God, I can't even remember who else was in the faction. It doesn't matter. They're all released now. So, uh, but off to all of you. But uh, yeah, yeah. fucking. Fucking UFC 270 starts off with a crazy banger. We had Jasmine Juice the Vicious. That's what I'm saying. Just Sid Vicious. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she is the ruler of the world, at least to Kay Hansen, because she dominated uh, Kay Hansen, the Invicta veteran, uh, like every round, almost every exchange. Not to say that Kay didn't have some bright spots because, uh, I mean, obviously training out of uh, Raw Talent Boxing, uh, Classic Fight Team, as well as 10th Planet, Buena Park, uh, all mm -hmm. in California, uh, Southern California, mm -hmm. Orange County. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Orange County. Uh, but, I mean, Canada, fucking stand up, man. I don't know if it was the Tim Hortons or the Maple Syrup or the Molsons, but Jasmine mm -hmm. uh, absolutely annihilated Kay Hansen in one of the best UFC debuts, um, I was going to say in history, but definitely on the card. And uh, there were two stellar uh, UFC debuts, that and another Orange County, actually Southgate, uh, you know, contemporary in Victor Henry. But we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. your thoughts on uh, Jasmine versus Kay? Um, we had a, a, a case of a taller individual versus a smaller individual. Uh just Jasuda Vicious was uh, the taller individual, excellent reach, long arms, long, long legs, uh, used them efficiently, kept the distance. Uh, 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 the size of her body when they're on the ground made a huge difference. She was able to smother uh, the smaller Kay Hansen for the majority of the time. Uh, by the time we got into the third round, halfway through the third round, Kay Hansen was able to... Uh, uh, um, catch a rhythm that was a higher tempo than Jasmine's and she was she began to land shots but you know when someone is dominated for for what 13 minutes two minutes is not it could it could have been enough but Jasmine was such a fighter that she was able to keep Kay Hansen back even though she was attacking and being effective with her attack, Jasmine Jasuda Vicious was able to keep her back and and take the unanimous decision. It was an excellent use of the reach and weight advantage because once they're rehydrated, Jasmine was much bigger, much longer. Everything was big. You know what I mean? She had all the advantages, which she used to her advantage. This is why people cut weight to have that advantage. And it worked perfectly. She did not misuse her advantage, and she was successful. Unanimous decision, victory. No, 100%. And uh, giving us a little bit of insight, both behind the scenes and there in the arena at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California, Fight Life Nation says, I was there for every fight. Kay is coming off over a year absence and overcame mm -hmm. an eating disorder and had wow. to uh, fight up a weight class from normal. I was frustrated Kay kept on accepting positions you can't be a smaller fighter and not scramble you know and uh you were talking about obviously uh jasmine getting into a rhythm you know and it looks like in the instance of Kay hansen and I, that's 
I'm not trying to make light of it because that's very serious in terms of you know eating disorder and a mm -hmm. time away from the the octagon, especially that big fucking uh, fight that she had with uh, Jin Yun Frey, you know, kind of coming mm -hmm. in, right? Mm -hmm. But um, you know, in the in the words of the immortal Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine, the rhythm is going to get you, and that's mm -hmm. exactly what it seemed uh, mm -hmm. that. Uh, happened to Kay Hansen, you know, with all of that, you know, it was just like she was a little bit off. I, I don't know what to attribute it, but she she went out, She, uh, you know, in terms of accountability, you know, mm -hmm. she is great because, you know, she was just like, hey, it wasn't my night, whatever, back into the gym. So, uh, you know, uh, the, shout out to Kay. Hey, as in the words of Wu-Tang, uh, 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 the saga continues. Wu-Tang, Wu Tang, you know what I'm saying? Uh, she will continue. She's gonna hit the turf running, you know. Uh, that first slip, when you first slip, you might burn your knees and you, that burn, it's uncomfortable. But you gotta hop right back up and get right back on and start running again if you're in a race. So we know Kay Hansen's gonna rebound from whatever issues she's uh, going through right now and uh, come back and um, perform a lot better upon her return we will see but in this next matchup we oh, wait, have, wait, uh, wait 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 before oh, we go oh, oh, one, okay, of the, okay. one of the right. one of the greatest uh matchmakers in southern cal i mean all of california history into uh, arizona harvey castagnolo says i bet against harvey. Kay I bet against Kay Hansen because she never faced the top fighters in camo. And for those who don't know, camo is the California Amateur Mixed Martial Arts Organization. And in terms of Bantamweight, I actually just happen to have the California yeah. state title. The very first uh, California state title uh, won by none other than Brooke the Bully Mayo back at the uh, Genesis uh, fight card that was put on co-promoted by uh, by the great Chris Cyborg, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and there you go. There's some insight, you know. Never take, you know. Kay Hansen might be from Southern California, but she, you know, fought in in cards like Gladiator Challenge. You know, kind of off into the the native casino scene. And nothing against mm -hmm. it. There's been many mm -hmm. a champion that have been built off of that scene. But mm -hmm. again, you know, a never kind of testing your mettle at what your amateur kind of uh, career has to offer. You know, it doesn't necessarily bode well, <coughs> with, you know, with the, uh, the, you know, going into pro, ascending to pro. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I don't know what's going on inside of, you know, Kay Hansen's mind, gym, whatever, especially come, uh, overcoming that, you know, eating disorder. Um, you know, as a female, that that is – you know, that is rough, you know, and especially a female in a, a public, you know, light and, and platform. It's not mm -hmm. easy, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I mean, total disclosure, you know, when you talk to Tyler Wombles of Classified Team, you talked about, uh, you know, Chuy Gutierrez of uh, Raw Talent Boxing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the, the folks over at Ken Planet Whitman Park, those are people that I, I, hold in high regard but count as friends so it's not like she has a bad team around her or what have you i think she mm -hmm. said it best is it just wasn't her night that maybe there was too much going outside of the octagon but happening or what have you don't know mm -hmm. but yeah i can't wait to see Kay back in it you know and uh she's only she's only fought once for camo and uh 
she ran over a girl uh, might have helped uh, to have, you know, multiple amateur fights. And that could be the case. And that, and that's one of the things that I love about, you know, combat sports and MMA and everything. There's no set way of doing mm-hmm. this, you know, and making yep, a yep. champion. You could be somebody of a prominent gym, you know, and you'd be a world beater, but then you could be of a gym that nobody's ever heard of, you know, in this case of Brandon Moreno, which we'll, again, we'll mm-hmm. get to, you know, an Entrum, you know, Entrum in Tijuana, right? That mm-hmm. wasn't a world-class gym until Brandon decided to stay and, you know, stake his claim. And even though he has ventured, you know, and lives and resides here in the, the United States, he still is very much a part of that team, right? So mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. have that. You can have somebody that, that has a stellar amateur career, you know, and then, you know, you can't really turn it on in, in the pros. Or you could be a world beater in the amateurs and then world beater in pro. Like, you, it, there's just so many variables that it takes to make a credible, um, you know, a fighter or contender or what have you. That's why I get hyped every time uh, there's a fight card in any, whether it be mm-hmm. amateur you pro regional, you know, somewhere in fucking in Russia, five on five with motherfuckers in Batman costumes. I don't give a shit. I will watch it because, like, again, what it takes to be this elite level, it, you know, there's no, there's no blueprint. There is no set foundation on this is how you do A B C blah blah blah. There is no NCAA. There is no whatever. It's just. You and your coaches kind of devise a plan, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, so yeah, man, I've fucking a, but I, I just just well wishes to Kay and the rest of the team. Uh, big, right. big fucking you know, shout out to Jasmine, uh, because she is uh, fucking Sid Vicious, my god, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yes, but you were before I so rudely interrupted you. You were on something about the next fight, and I want to hear it. Uh, obviously, this is former LFA champion Vanessa Littlemont's Demopolis uh, against right. Silvana Gomez Juarez. But uh, right, right. you were heading into it, so I'm going to let you finish. Uh, good sir, so go for like it. Like you said, like you said, uh, Demopolis versus uh, Juarez. Now. Going into the match, I wasn't sure what I was going to see in Juarez. I've seen her fight before, and she lost in the in the fight that I saw. But coming into this match, you could see a determination in the eyes and and in the expression, right? Uh, her one twos were were some of the sharpest one twos I've seen in a while, which all found its mark when they hit Vanessa Domopoulos in the face. Uh, she was getting smashed. She was getting smashed. Um, she actually was dropped by a beautiful right hand, I think. A mm-hmm. straight one right down the pipe. Hit her. She went down. But upon hitting the ground, she was woke back up by the ground. And and once she woke back up, she realized, oh, okay, the fight's on the ground now. Uh, Silviana went in for the kill. Vanessa uh, initiated jiu-jitsu, you know. Uh, eventually securing uh, uh, an armbar and, and, and finishing the job. Uh, it was a beautiful transition, uh, worthy of study, worthy of study. Uh, her entry was, was quite, quite uh, intriguing. Um, she got the submission, got the 50G bonus. What else can you ask for? 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is the first, you know, $50,000 bonus of the night. Obviously not the last, but I mean, this under, yeah, this undercard was just amazing. You know, uh, obviously you're going to get stellar contests, you know, in the main of, you know, the main half of the card, the uh, pay-per-view, you know, the $75 price point pay-per-view, you're going to get that. But I mean, this right here, you could have flopped. You could have put everything on the, the, the pay-per-view portion of the card, on the undercard, and then all of the undercard fights in the pay-per-view position. I think people would be just as happy, just as satisfied, um, yeah. which is amazing. And uh, Shaman Steve, uh, clarifying it further, yeah, it was an overhand, overhand, right. overhand okay. right. you know. And uh, Marcus Martinez says the biggest pop of the night was uh, until Moreno's entrance was the overhand right that uh, cracked that, you know, that cracked Vanessa, which... My yeah. goodness, the contingent of Mexican fans, man. We had, I think it was like, how many? Like, at least four, maybe six, and Tram, yeah. uh, you know, fighters on the card, you know, including one, Brandon Moreno. Uh, obviously, Silvana was one of them, uh, migrating mm -hmm. from her native, you know, South America, and basically, uh, you know, heading north to Mexico, to Tijuana, training at that mm -hmm. gym. And that was... Woo, buddy, man. I mean, again, I, as we were going to find out in the post-fight speech of one uh, former LXF champion, Victor Henry, he was talking about, mm -hmm. hey, not, you know, being 34 years of age, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, making the most of, of this run, right? And Silvana, my goodness, she is one who actually take Victor's 34, and add three onto it, and that you mm -hmm. get the age of uh, Silvana, right? So yeah. she yeah. is, I mean, <laughs> you can't tell me that she, you know, uh, of course, this is her debut. Well, it, no, it isn't her debut, because she actually lost an, uh, to she another. She lost the first one. Yeah, uh, to another former LFA, uh, you know, strawweight champion, and the same way in an armbar. But the the tales of how we got there was completely different. You know, Lupe Godinez was a little bit more aggressive, right, uh, than Vanessa Demopoulos, but finished her off the same way. Um, I still, you know what? I you know I I want them to give Silvana one more, you know, and I think she's going to be, you know, uh, pretty good. But I mean, much. She much to the opposite of what I feel, uh, Harvey saying Silvana Gomez Juarez has only faced cans in her pro career. Uh, she's with Entrum, so I bet against her too. Ooh. <laughs> oh, hey, and, hey, we did too, though, in all honesty. <laughs> I mean, I can't speak on that. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm going to deflect. I'm going to backpedal yeah. right into this wall. Right? By the end of the show, uh, I'll probably be embedded um, firmly in this backdrop that I have here. But, uh, I mean, and you were saying, yeah, we, we, we kind of picked, you know, Vanessa to win. I, I didn't think I didn't think it was Not going to be fast, like though. that. Yeah, that was yeah, that I was call, I call it a split decision. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which uh, I think Harvey's going to be absolutely thrilled because we have another Entrum fighter in the next uh, fight. We have we have uh, none other than Gennaro uh, Valdez against Matt, the steamroller Frivola, totally owning up to his moniker and steamrolling Gennaro. Uh, this one, holy shit, if Gennaro didn't like his uh, brain cells, 
I mean, he fucking, you know, was able to excrete them pretty heavily or unceremoniously by Matt Frivola. This shit was, I mean, Mike Beltran, I don't know if he was a fan of The Walking Dead because <laughs> that's, that's what I had in my head. Like, fucking, uh, Donato was essentially a fucking zombie for a lot of it, you know? Oh, I'm still, whoa, there you are. Yeah, he was, a, he, was a, he was a zombie. He's a fucking zombie. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> you had me cracking up. Hey, uh, Frivola was more focused than this cat. He was more focused. I believe the the Grand Arena, the Honda Arena, got to him. It got to him. He, he might have been in shock, man, because Frivola just ran right through him. Like hot knife through butter. Um, whenever you get opportunities like this, Especially when you're in the position of a Mafrovola, you gotta go out with a bang. And he went out with a bang. He 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 was giving one of them shots, one of them bambino shots, and he knocked that sucker right out the park, man. It was his night. And uh he made the very best of it. Sometimes life throws you a a a, a, a easy pitch and you just gotta knock it out the park. Shout out to Mafrovola, man. He did what he had to do. I mean, of course, the, the young man was, what, undefeated up until this point. I actually picked the young man to win, but, hey, it is what it is sometimes, man. You win some, you lose some. It's how you return to, uh, to come do it again. And Matt Favola came back to really do it, and he did it big. So shout out to Favola. Uh, Valdez, hey, man, come back again. You know what I'm saying? And uh, let's see what you really made of. Yeah, and uh, Fight Life Nation says, what a gross stoppage. Uh, I love Mike Beltran, but he was just like, if he dies, he dies. Uh, I'm, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with anything you said. I love Mike Beltran, but yeah, that shit was, shit was wild. Shit was wild. Like, even fucking Rogan and DC were just having a fucking field day going like, holy fucking shit. Like, that was it. And uh, Gennaro wasn't winning. No, 100%. He was... You know, no, he wasn't winning at all. Not in the slightest bit. Um, you know, fucking steamroller all day. And what a way to fucking turn it around, right? Because he got finished, right, with a pretty, you know, fucking quick knockout in his last outing. You know, and I was like, ah, that dude's a freeloader, not the steamroller. But uh, he made me eat my fucking words. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Frivola, man. And uh, hey, yeah. He steam he steam he steamrolled right over that dude, man. Yeah. Smashed him to bits. Smashed him to bits. It is what it is. It is what it is, right? So uh, you know we're we're heading into the third fight of, or actually the fourth fight of the card. Apparently, I can't count. Miss that day on Sesame Street, <laughs> but we have Tony Gravely against Simon uh olvera and yeah. uh that is again the one of the wildest pronunciation of simon you know mm -hmm. putting the waters to get it to get there it's like you know the taking the the fucking bumpy road uh in <laughs> you know on your way home but uh yeah that that bumpy road was fucking gravelly yeah and that dude is all gravel <laughs> to the efforts of one simon olivera in terms of him trying to win this contest mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Simon Oliveira was well-trained uh, uh, coming out of the camp of uh, the infamous Pedro Hizo. Anyone knowing who Pedro Hizo is understands uh, 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 the importance of leg kicks. Well, anyways, 
this Oliveira fellow, beautiful hands, you know, everything he did, he did very well. Uh, but the equalizer in this particular matchup was Tony Gravely's uh, previous wrestling uh, experience. He used it, and, and, and not, not just the wrestling experience. Once you've been in the UFC for some time and you get fresh fish like this, you under, you've already been in the thousand of people arena on uh, on well maybe maybe not on pay-per-view but at least on fight night you know you've been on tv already you've been in, in the big arena you know at the highest level so he had that advantage as well these things matter most people might not really think about it but these little things matter so when you have a Oliveira simon making his debut or or you know into a big arena like this there might have been some shock there you know Actually, I'm sorry. I'm tripping. <laughs> I was gonna that's, say that's the fucking... other guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, hands. he was doing what he had to do. He was winning. He was winning, but Gravely's wrestling was too much. It was too much. He was able to control a lot of the grappling aspects of the game, but um, you know, unanimous, unanimous decision later. You know, he was piecing him up though. Tony yeah. was piecing him up. Uh, you know what I mean? But the kid was good as well. He was good, but the wrestling was heavy on him, which got him a little weak. And then Tony finished it, you know, the way he did. Yeah, well, you know, in the instance of, of Gravely, man, like he makes his debut, his UFC debut, on the undercard of uh, Junior Dos Santos versus uh, right. Curtis Blades, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, in yeah, North yeah, Carolina. Yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, it, that was pre-pandemic. That was uh, Saturday... Uh, Saturday the twenty fifth of uh, of January, so right pre pandemic. So he might have gotten a little bit of a fucking crowd, but the rest of his career up until this point, up until UFC two seventy, has been at empty arenas. You know, so yeah, um, that you know you could forget. You know, you yeah. could forget what that feels like and whatever. But he came with, uh, you know, came through it with flying colors. And uh, Harvey says, I bet on Gray Gra- Gravely as uh, yeah. He came from American top team. I mean, I don't I know. How, win too. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. that's going to work with Amanda Nunes in her next fight uh, because she's no longer with uh, American top team. That came down the pipeline of the MMA wire uh, this past week, you know, heading into UFC 270. And that was a shock to a lot of people. But I uh, don't know. I don't want to speculate on what happened. You know, a loss, you know, like that after her being so dominant and you know, make you kind of knee jerk a bunch of ways, or there might've been some latent problems that weren't addressed. And it just became this insatiable albatross, which you feel she had to leave or just, Hey, I, I, I have enough, you know, fight IQ and I want to make some coin off of it and not just, you know, whatever. And maybe I started gym myself. So I don't know what happened. I've heard a lot of Rumor and innuendo, I can never mm-hmm. say, but I mean, American Top Team is one of the best uh, gyms in the world, you know. And uh, you know, yeah, that, that's that's that. But uh, one one conspiracy, one conspiracy will be Kayla Hansen getting an Harrison, opportunity in the UFC to challenge for that title. And you know Harrison, how it goes. Yeah. yeah, we've seen this before, man. John Jones, Rashad Evans. You know what I'm saying? Same gym, same belt. They're gonna fight each other. We've seen this many, many times. Perhaps yeah. this is why Usman and 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 who was that person in this gym that he had? You know what I mean? 
that what, challenged uh, him? Uh, was that a, a that was Brazilian a, fella? Wasn't it fucking Street Jesus, Masvidal? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's something. Yeah, Somebody yeah. was a, a, a Somebody. teammate of his. One of those that guys. Fought, that forced him to leave or whatever. You know what I mean? So whatever, whatever. These I think Kobe too. Kobe too. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. These things happen. And this is what we're witnessing. So uh, you have to leave. You have to leave. Sometimes you get stagnated. It seems Amanda figured out she's been stagnant in her learning in that facility. Mm. Perhaps now she has to travel on and, and see something else. Or perhaps it's a financial opportunity for her to create her own thing and put her energy into her own thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? That That is absolutely apropos, you know. But you mentioned moving on, which is what we're going to do. And uh, <laughs> we've, we've got Jack Della Maddalena against Pete Rodriguez. And speaking of moving on, like, this dude didn't want to fucking touch gloves with Pete Rodriguez. He was just like, <laughs> fuck all that shit. And even to the, you know, to the... The, the dismay of one Daniel Cormier is like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Like, you, yeah, you just kind of up in arms, and it was a bad, uh, you know, bit of sportsmanship. But this one hey, finishes. What, what you can't tell you can't tell a man what to do when he's in there, man. Hey, look, look, I understand what they're saying, but it's his life on the line in that moment, and if he feels touching hands is gonna uh, weaken his desire to destroy his opponent. So be it. He would not touch hands. I cannot fault this man for this. This is his choice. We do not control his choice. The man is in that cage, possibly could have lost his life, and you want him to be a nice guy? He ain't got to be no nice guy. He's in there for one reason, and that's absolute destruction to the opponent, to the enemy. Straight up. I am not mad at him. We will shake hands after. The Diaz brothers subscribe to this idea. Hey man, we are in the same weight class. Don't say what's up to me, man. Don't. I, I don't want to hear it, man. I understand. They are entitled to this. They are entitled to this. You know what I'm saying? Because they are the one that that is going to have to walk this road. As this Jake Della Madalena, his road to walk. So please don't tell him how to walk this road, DC. You know what I'm saying? DC. Just because you have the to be there live does not mean you can use it uh, uh, in a way that you did. Don't call the dude out, man. That's none of your business. You know what I'm saying? Like on the real though, that's none of his business if he shook hands or not. If you don't want to shake hands, you don't want to shake hands. Many opportunities in, in life in that cage, people didn't want to shake hands. You didn't say nothing then? Why are you tripping on this dude? He don't want to shake hands. He don't want to shake hands. How about that? Can't we all just get along, motherfucker? Hey, Jesus, that's what I'm saying. Jesus, that's what I'm saying. Uh, come that's on, what I'm saying. Come on, it's it's uh, you know, it's one of those deals, right? You fucking shake hands and then punch each other in the face, separate yourself from consciousness. Isn't that? I'll shake your hand afterwards. That, I guess. I mean, I just I want to see everybody love love each other in the punchy kicky submitting stuff i don't know uh that's just me maybe i'm just weird uh fight life nation says can we take a second to recognize the sick shirt adam has on the shark <laughs> slash avalanche slash the earthquake uh slash golga 
Um, the great John Tenta, one of my one of the best heels of my childhood. Uh, speaking of heels, we got again, we've got John Tenta, we've got the giant, we've got the booty man or the zodiac, uh, or brother Butai, uh, the disciple, and my one of my all time favorites, the taskmaster, Kevin yeah. Sullivan. Us, us, yes, yeah. Uncle Kevin. Uh, one of the greatest ever. So, uh, and if you guys want to know how to find some cool shit, uh, Violent Miracle, they, not a sponsor, uh, not a cheap plug, but make some awesome shit. One of this one, I, I think I've got a Bruiser Brody one coming in the mail. So I'm just, just saying, but no, I, I love the spirit of wrestling. So uh, who's that at the top? Who's that at the top? It's, it's Tenta. It's a uh, earthquake. He was a shark. Okay. 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 He was a shark in WCW during that run of uh, the Dungeon of Doom because they needed yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Hogan likes, Hogan like monsters, right? So they literally made a monster factory for him <laughs> in the form of uh, Dungeon of Doom, and one of his best friends uh, was one of the guys. You know, fucking That's Brutus the Barber Beefcake ended up with the, the Zodiac. And he painted himself like a fucking zebra. I don't know what the yeah. fuck that was. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, big uh, King Curtis oh. Ayukea, uh as the 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 fucking master of it, you know, because he wanted to have Curtis have a fucking you know payday, you know, Ted mm-hmm. Turner payday, or whatever. And that got that got fucking uh, that got dropped. He got fucking yeah. dropped, man. Uh, you know, but I would have. Love to see a little bit more uh, Curtis because at the at the same time you had Almec from Legends of the Hidden Temple who is also a fucking talking head through a wall and Curtis <laughs> Ike and they fucking they they call it antiquing now it's like they fucking yeah. threw fucking baby powder in his face and whatever and he was up against the wall and all it's, it's fucking wrestling it's fucking yeah. go YouTube it's some of the most awesome or not. Fucking shit ever, man. Uh, hey, like you said it. You said it though. You said awesome. You said awesome. Jack de la Magdalena, my God, Macarena. His performance was awesome because yes, he, he, he went yes. right over, man, and toe tagged this dude. Sent yeah. him back home in the box, straight yeah. up. It was what it was. He beat yeah. him down. He it's, beat it's, him down. Jamin Steve saying Jack de la Magdalena uh, started his pro career 0 and 2, major chip on his shoulder. No, 100%. Yeah. And uh, Jamin Steve, <laughs> as somebody who reads auras and energy, you know, and is very proficient in such things, um, that's a pretty accurate assessment, you know? Oh, and, uh, oh man. Hey, 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 hey. Shaman Steve was our, was our navigator, man. Every time we would go into the Angeles Crest National Forest, he does, a, he's a surveyor. So he does all that research, you know what I mean? Like, like we gonna we always lose GPS signal when we're out there. So it's very important we do our research before we go. So he handles all that. You know, he's the navigator. He's the navigator when we go hiking. That is awesome because you know, <laughs> um, I wanted like in what is it? 97 i wanted a lincoln navigator one and then two like i'd be watching fucking family feud and these dumbasses were, survey says and they fucking like oh 
Like, what is the favorite topping of a fucking on a pizza? This motherfucker <laughs> says, "Oh, cotton candy." Like, what the fuck are you doing? Your family's looking at you. They're never gonna live this down during fucking Thanksgiving dinner or Hanukkah or whatever the fuck. And you look like a dumbass, and you cost everybody the fucking <laughs> thousands of dollars. You fuck, you know. So, uh, I am no shaman Steve. Is what I'm trying to say. So, and uh, great. Great take on the glove touch by Voodoo. I totally agree. Uh, again, I I just want everybody. <laughs> I want everybody to be friends and then beat each other's asses. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm asking for too much. I've heard that before. Uh, and and Harvey said Pete Rodriguez was supposed to fight for me at Epic Fighting for the EAFL match, but did not get his medicals done correctly. Uh, I knew he was going to get smashed. And bet against him too. Damn, I'm, I'm getting fucking betting picks from Harvey. Shit. Hey, but what? hey, hey, I think we both picked Jack Della Magdalena to to win this one as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I I I know better. Uh, during the pandemic, I was, like, I was feeling I, I was feeling squirrely, and I was, I, I put some money on uh somebody uh, who will be remain nameless and it, that <laughs> person got finished and i was like oh i'm never doing this again I'm never doing this again fuck that the the, the lack of oh it hurt my heart and, and it made me feel dirty too it made me feel dirty because that was something that i swear i'd never do i was like i i love everyone right i want everyone to fucking win in this mma fucking deal whatever i want everybody to win and uh, yeah, and I felt weird that I was looking at somebody to win because it was gonna, you know, basically gain financial means for me. So I was like, after that, I was like, fuck that. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So when they're talking about odds and spreads and the fucking over and under, I don't know what the fuck anyone's talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, and uh, uh, that's Paul Perez uh, says, forget. Uh, Richard Dawson surveys, but the respect for him kissing all the women. But I'd like to hike in the Angeles National Forest with the yeah. surveyor. Um, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. And again, if you haven't if you haven't checked out the main event with Paul Perez and Beto Gray, go ahead and do that as well uh, on the Facebook and on the YouTube. Uh, great, great, good. I mean, those are good brothers. Hashtag brother meets softly. Um, so shout out to them. Um, we're gonna we're gonna fucking have that happen. Paul Perez and Bethel Gray are gonna go with you and Sean and Steve in the uh, in the Angeles National Forest, and I'll probably eat a cheeseburger while you guys are doing it. So, yeah, and no problem. Uh, yeah, voodoo. It's not that cool. But... I, you know, I took my kids. I took my kids to uh, to uh, football practice this morning, and. Um, I had this on. I just never took it off. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Definitely not cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that you're, you're channeling the essence of <laughs> speaking of like Kevin Sullivan, fucking the, the dark ministry on Florida. You're channeling the spirit of one purple haze, Mark Lewin. That's it. Cloak and dagger. That's the one that fucking Undertaker stole all of his fucking mythical shit from is a fucking purple haze. Go ahead and put that in the YouTube machine and you'll see exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. That and the spoiler John Dar Jar Don Jardine's fucking walking across the fucking top rope 
and shit like that. You put that, yeah. those two together, and you get the fucking Undertaker, you know? <laughs> and uh, Shaman Steve says, hoodies all day. All day long. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in Florida and, and George Zimmerman <laughs> is around. Jesus Christ. R.I.P. Hey, I might have to clap him first, man. Straight up. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But speaking of things that could be said, holy shit, this should have been a fight of the night. The, uh, uh, Haoni Braceros against Victor Henry. This, I mean, they were talking about essentially the Bantamweight division in the UFC probably being the deepest division in the UFC. Uh, and you you saw exactly why. Uh, Victor Henry, this is his UFC debut, yes, but 26 fights, two titles, international competition. Uh, Victor Henry has seen and done it all, right, in, in terms of, you know, having his career exist outside of the UFC, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if, I'm I'm gonna go with Harvey on this one. I bet on Victor Henry just because mm -hmm. he is with Josh Barnett and Chad George, mm -hmm. uh, the UWF USA slash CMMA mm -hmm. contingent. And yeah, that's a pretty fucking good deal. I I'm, I hope you put a pretty penny because that because mm -hmm. in, in terms of the I I do know a little bit about the betting shit. So the odds <laughs> were that Haoni was going to fucking beat the shit out of uh, Victor Henry. That's what yeah. I got. And yeah, no, yeah. We, we all, anybody that has seen and knows of Victor Henry knew that it wasn't going to be an easy fucking walk in the park for Haoni, but uh, that's it, you know. And Victor Henry fought Bobby Sanchez in 2012 in King, King of the Cage. Cage. That's paying dues. Bravo. No, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we, we, we saw Victor Henry a few months ago at uh, X, XFL. He won the belt against the uh, the Belizean, right? Am I right? Uh, you're you're right that he, he beat uh, the Belizean warrior Albert Morales, former Bellator and UFC veteran, also looking for a fight. But right. I believe it was the Lights Out Extreme Fighting Championship. The acronym would be LXF <laughs> rather than XFL. Which The Rock just bought from Vince McMahon. <laughs> I think there's only been one. There's only been one XFL champion in the Million Dollar Game way back in like 2005. I want to say it was, but that was the La Los Angeles Extreme, and then the whole thing went to shit for 15 years, and then it got up again, and then it got down again. LXF. <laughs> My apologies, LXF. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, a lifetime extreme fighting uh, just happens to be co-owned by uh, L, uh, you know NFL great as we're getting into acronyms uh, and San Diego Chargers great Sean Lights Out Merriman. So uh, you know that's probably why he had the the football, uh, the balling of the foot uh, on his mind. So I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, no fucking Victor Henry, uh, former yes. deep. Uh, Bantamweight champion, former Lights Out Extreme fighting champion, uh, Bantamweight champion, rather. Yep. And, uh, yep. you know, just showing exactly it, you know, and I think it was pretty fucking touching. And I, uh, speaking of touchy, I 
fucking completely went over my head as we were talking about it. But fucking Joe Rogan, you you kind of talked about it off air, Rudy. You're like Joe Rogan is the fucking prop. We saw yeah. it first in uh, Little Monster Demopolis's win, and you know she literally jumped into the waiting arms of uh, Joe Rogan. I didn't know that didn't. He wasn't waiting there. She jumped, and it would have been really foolish if he didn't go like that. You know, so he was a, doing he, a solid. He didn't want to diss anyone. He didn't want yeah, to diss anyone. He, he did a solid for the homie. Is, is yeah, what, what exactly. He did. Exactly. You know. Uh, so shout out, shout out to Joe Rogan for all that he does. That's uh, one of the reasons I, I literally have. Him right here, That's right. yeah. That's just right. a mini Joe to, to fucking channel the energy off of. And also, <laughs> speaking of classic fight team, you know, in Kay Hansen's team, I actually have a potted uh, resemblance of Joe Rogan, uh, made <laughs> by the father of one Tyler Wombles of Classic nice. Fight Team. So nice. that, so I got two Rogans to kind of nice. put put me in the right direction. And yes, Shaman seems as uh, Albert Morales is the one who Victor yes. Henry beat yes, for yes, yes. the Lights Out Extreme Fighting Bantamweight title. But no, I That's mean, right. again, I love the fact that they they brought and touched on Victor's extensive training under Josh Barnett. They, you know, and it's it's wild because Josh Barnett, in terms of the UFC, right? Maybe there isn't a great relationship. They had him sign, you know, sit on the sidelines for so long for an errant, you know, drug test and whatever that it actually was. It went Barnett's way, and two years out of his career was essentially decimated. You know, as he was north of thirty-five, right, and uh, mm -hmm. what almost more than ten years removed from his first UFC title win and whatever. And then time was of the essence, and they kind of kept him on in contract and shit like that, but amongst the fucking people on the commentary team, one Joe Rogan, who Josh is good friends with, and it's not because they're friends, it's just look at what Josh has done in his career, right? And all of the fucking principles that he's instilled in Victor Henry. I love that they brought up fucking catch wrestling. I love that DC, you know, you know, brought up the fact that even though he beat the, like, you know, beat Josh Barnett, by decision at the strike force i mean uh heavyweight grand prix you know he called his mama and was like i'm hurting mama i'm fucking hurting you know <laughs> so uh so that's you know that's it i i love that they re you know respected you know the rise of not just josh runner but victor henry specifically you know and i i just i loved it and, uh, and they also name dropped christopher curtis and that's another guy who is you know, did everything that you could fucking do, you know, uh, to try to get into the UFC. And going back to what I was saying, you know, there is no set standard of what it takes to get into UFC or Bellator or whatever. But all of those proverbial brass rings that you would get to as a fighter to make the ascension to the UFC, they've done everything and whatever. And, you know, was was out of, I mean, if Shaman seems saying, he saw Victor Henry back in 2012. That was literally fucking 12 years. I mean, 10 years ago, 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You know? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying, and, uh, uh, fight life nation says, I only know about Henry because I follow a lot of CMMA guys, right. Uh, the uh, California, uh, mixed martial arts under Chad George. And when I saw the betting odds, I really wish I would have put a bet down. He, Henry was ranked number one in Japan on topology. No, hundred percent. And that, that also comes from deep, right? When he won the deep mm -hmm. bantamweight championship, mm -hmm. that was the number one guy in Japan in the bantamweight division. 
and this mm-hmm. is fucking Japan. This is mm-hmm. you know when you, you when you go to Japan, when you go to Brazil, literally the vestiges of what the UFC and all of MMA are based around, right? When you go in there and beat one of their people, fuck, mm-hmm. that's something. And Victor mm-hmm. did that damn four years ago. Yep. At least, yep. you know, so yep. shout out to Victor, man. And I, I really thought, man, if I had another 50K lying around, you know, being in the, in, uh, you know, uh, the position of one Dana White and the rest of the UFC or uh, WME Endeavor, I would have fucking kicked, you know, another 50 Gs each of these two late. Actually, mm-hmm. that would be $100,000. Again, I'm not good mm-hmm. at the mathematicals. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, th- th- to me, this is one of the fights of the night. Uh Excellent performance by both men, but especially Victor Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his his opportunity to fight in these foreign places like Russia and, and Japan, you know, those people, they enjoy combat. So they have arenas. He's had the opportunity to fight in arenas in front of thousands of people. So coming to the UFC and fighting on his pay-per-view was nothing to him. It was nothing. So that right there was was out of the question. The energy he would have spent worrying about that, he was able to, to, to drive all that energy into his performance, and he showed out. His defense was phenomenal. Counter striking, striking itself, initiating with the with the hands and feet, uh, uh, the the grappling aspect. Everything was just on point. He he made it to to the point where the fight remained on the feet, and he shined. The 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 highlight tapes that you could have created from this performance. It's gonna be plentiful. Uh, he, 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 I'm sure he can. He can pull out at least four minutes of footage, at least four minutes of footage, that you know. What I mean, in in highlight alone, uh, excellent performance by a fir- by a first time, uh, um, uh, prospect in the UFC on such a big card. Excellent performance. Uh, I do agree that this was fight of the night candidate, but you know. Um, Victor Henry outshined him so much that I believe he got a performance bonus for this, didn't he? No, no, he we, don't, we, we don't get enough. Yeah, so the three performance of the night goes to Vanessa Demopoulos. Uh, actually, uh, a side, side uh, Nurmaga Madoff, right? And then uh, the fight of the so, night yeah, goes submission. to Moreno and uh, Figueredo, which I'm not mad at, but again, I would, I would, I would kick. You know, two more performance bonuses, or at least, you know, like you said, Vito, you know, one to Victor Henry. I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Room. And uh, that, fuck, that you... performance, that yeah. performance was, was, was wow. I was in awe just now. I was like, wow, that's that dude I was watching the other day. He, mm-hmm. he, like, he was good then. Yeah. And, uh, and lights out, he was good. His performance was good. But this one right here was like, whoa, there was another level to this dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was just like in shock. But but man, he's got it. He's got yeah. the juice. Yeah, hundred percent juice. Hundred percent. And uh, Fight Life says, um, you know, he was grossly he being Victor Henry. It was grossly underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, three uh, plus three hundred underdog. Hundred dollar bet would have won you three hundred dollars. Fuck, damn it. Hey, we I should have talked to you and Harvey. Yeah, I should have told them to win. Yes, we I, I know that. Win. We picked them. And that's, uh, I mean, that's a good brother. Anytime that, you know, uh, along with Josh, right? You know, uh, anytime there's an interview to be had or whatever, you know, they both show up, uh, at least for this guy. 
And uh, I can't thank him enough, right? Uh, same thing with Chad George and all of the, the guys and girls at UWF USA and CMMA, respectively. Um, this one, I, I couldn't have been more proud, more thrilled. And again, as high as everybody who aren't in, insiders, the, uh, the people from you know, that we're placing bets that have put this much of a disadvantage and whatever. Mm -hmm. For if you know, and you know what Victor Henry is capable of, then you deserve all the fucking money, right? That's you know, right. it's it's like, you know, right. Chris Lieben versus Anderson Silva and fucking, you know, Rogan is telling who, who ended up being Aubrey Marcus, his co-partner in On It, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, bet the fucking house on the Brazilian, you know, which mm -hmm. I don't know if, if Rogan hadn't said that, we might not have an on it today, you know, and kettlebell shaped in the head of the monkeys and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, uh, you know, hey, shout hey, out hey, every now and then, like, like, like the previous fighters, you know what I mean? Every now and then life throws you a, a, a easy one to knock yeah. out of the park and, and whoever betting heavily on Henry <laughs> would have been that person knocking it out of the park. So it is what it is. You just gotta be wise enough to see your gift when it's in front of you. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. But speaking of gifts, we got gift gifted by the first fight of the main card. That was Michael Morales against mm -hmm. Trevin Giles. And Jesus Louise, this is all Michael Morales. This gets, I mean, done in the first round, four minutes mm -hmm. and six seconds of the first round. But, I mean... Jesus Christ. I forgot who he picked on this one, but I, I picked Morales. I, okay. Yeah, I yeah. I picked I picked Giles. That that was it. We split. I don't I I don't, I think yeah, we did split this one. We, it, we it was split worthy. This one. It was worthy based on based on his record, the Morales kid. Uh uh it was worthy of a coin flip. That I believe that's what we agreed on. Yeah. So so Giles came in looking light as hell. Uh, I believe he was in the 185 pound division. Now he's come down to the 170 pound division. I, I saw his face and I was like, wait a minute, something's different, you know? But then they started talking and it turned out he switched weight class. I didn't, I didn't catch that early on. Mm. But however, he was lighter, faster, slicker. You know, everything was firing on all cylinders. And uh, the other kid, he from Ecuador, I believe. He came out, you know, he's young, 22-year-old, you know. He's getting his first opportunity in the UFC, and he's going to make the best of it. So when, when we've talked in the past of, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of individuals who come from, from less being more driven than those who come from, say, the West, where there's an abundance, right? So this kid, he comes in, you know, and this is his opportunity to make a, a statement came in uh the fight was 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 put together based on the skill set these two have in common which is striking we knew we were going to see a firefight why not open up the card the main event with these two guys and and they went at it giles was landing shots uh on command he was doing what he had to do until he made a mistake the kid capitalized and TKO'd him. And that was that. It was what it was. The kid made a statement. He made a statement. Morales. Michael Morales, I believe is his name. I remember that based on his performance. So shout out to Michael Morales. Uh, uh, it is what it is. He did what he had to do. He knocked out Guile. 
some might argue uh, it was an early stoppage or whatnot. It is what it is. The fight was stopped, and he did get pieced up. Yeah, in that sequence. Well, uh, a little bit more insight. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, from Car- Harvey Casanello, uh, I bet on Michael Morales just because yeah. he has the same name as one of my boys in Queens. So shout yeah. out to the uh, Queens representing Michael Morales and Harvey. I mean, hey, that's but, like but, it- but more importantly, Harvey is winning in his card. Yeah, he's he's, he's he's betting right on every last one of them. Yeah, how much well, you put down, Harvey? How much you put down? <laughs> How much you I put on Michael? <laughs> I mean, I'm I, that's the rich for my blood. I, 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 what everybody's <laughs> doing with their own fucking pocketbooks, I don't know, whatever. Like, I should have stopped that fucking Funko Pops and shit like that long ago. <laughs> but uh, they, they just released a fucking Rocky uh, Funko Pops along with like a Mike Tyson, oh. uh, Ryan Garcia, I believe it's Julio Cesar Chavez. There's there's four boxing ones, and I was like, no, nah, I fucking gotta have those. So I'm just saying, uh, at Fight Live Nation says when Morales entered the arena, he was holding an Ecuadorian flag, was slightly booed until the camera caught that he was holding, also holding a Mexican flag. Mexican. Morales trains with Brandon Moreno, which you get. Right. I mean, that's another one, much like uh, the uh, gosh, the Mademoiselle earlier in the card, uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez coming from mm-hmm. South America and venturing up to. Tijuana in Entrum Gym, and mm-hmm. um, you know it was it was all good, man. It was all good. It's a sign of respect. Yeah, it's a absolutely. Sign of respect. Yeah, when you when you respect uh, uh, the people that that offer you their gym, if you come from perhaps Central America, now you're coming closer to the United States in Tijuana, Mexico, an excellent gym over there that takes you in. It's only right. It's only right that that you represent that nation. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like like us, when, when we're in the amateurs, uh, I had several gyms. It is right that I name all these gyms that I train at. You know what I'm saying? The 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 805 MMA, the BJ Muda, the formerly BJ Muda. You know what I'm saying? The PG Grappling. You know what I mean? The Flying Kick Martial Arts. It, it, it's only right that you represent your your base of training you know this these are the 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 landmarks that 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 is helping to shape you as a weapon of destruction that you are training to become when you enter that octagon so it is only right that these people carry the two flags so you said you say that there was some booing could you explain that for me one more time yeah, uh, it says when Morales entered the arena, he was holding an Ecuadorian flag and was slightly booed until the camera uh, caught that he was also holding a Mexican flag. Morales trains with Brandon Moreno. And that's that's kind of it, right? Where that was a very pro-Mexican uh, crowd in Anaheim, you know, and, and the, where I was watching it, uh, shout out to the, the good brother, Raynan Bozio, uh, son of the great, uh, drummer, uh, Terry Bozio, uh, mm-hmm. who, who basically played the skins for Frank Zappa, uh, way back in the day. But yes, uh, there was a, a large, uh, booing. There was mm-hmm. a large Mexican crowd and most people it was like, like, Oh, well, you know, he was, he, you know, a, a bunch of people, who tr- you know, traveled up from Tijuana to, you know, to mm-hmm. fill up the capacity at the Honda Center. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's Orange County. 
You got mm-hmm. like you know one of the biggest like you know Mexican contingents. You know, I mean, obviously uh, everywhere of the Latin world, the Latinx world, and what have you. You've got Cubans, you've got Argentinians, you've got you got everyone, right? But you know, being so close to Mexico, I'm not. I'm not. In the words of one of the Diaz's, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> if you go, if you go into, you know, there was like at least four fights in the card with, mm-hmm. en- you know, uh, that interim jujitsu or mm-hmm. not jujitsu, but interim gym represented or had fighters represent. Like, I'm not surprised. Like, that's what you do. Just like you, you go to fucking, you know, Ireland, you know, and you fucking have Patty Pimblet. Like, yeah. that's that's what you do. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it'd be stupid. To not do that, you know, and again, with such a, it's just like fucking Iron Sheik, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a proud Iranian, but you sell that to fucking blue collar fucking Americans, that shit ain't gonna fly. <laughs> no, it ain't. <laughs> Even though he he trained the fucking USA Olympic team, but he's just like, oh, I, I, Iran number one. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you had to say, and you're like, "Oh yeah. fuck!" We're and we're at at odds with the you know the Ayatollah Khomeini and all yeah. that shit and whatever. So that's it. I mean, it's pure wrestling 101. So of course, you know, or and going even recent, more recent than the Iron Sheik, you had Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation faces in Canada. But when mm-hmm. they you know and Stone Cold Steve Austin was booed in Canada, but then when he came, you know south of canada and here into the states you know it was ab- the absolute opposite way around it so i mean this is one of the many ways that i feel you know pro wrestling and mma they go hand in hand but yeah. most people aren't aren't uh aren't aren't so privy to that you know and uh yes harvey says la oc and uh san diego is pretty much north of mexico and it, it is ab- absolutely it, it, it was then before the inquisition and and it is now so <laughs> it's it's not hard to see I, I you know so shout out shout out to uh mexico and ecuador and you know, shout out to everyone shout out to that's everyone, right right that's right, that's right. And, and that's uh, what these fighters are trying to do by the way shout outs to everyone yes Yes, and band backups as Ninganu wins over Dana again. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm so yeah. We're we're gonna get into that because there's, there's a there's a whole round <laughs> of that going. Um, but and Alex Ramirez, who was also in uh, in house at the Honda Center last night, he says, "Yo, Moreno's camp got destroyed yesterday. I wonder if the UFC wanted to save money with travel due to COVID and hired local fighters." Davidson <laughs> got me paid last night. Shit, Alex and fucking Harvey. Jesus Christ. Ah. Yo. Okay. Right on. Yeah, I I picked and I picked up some UFC strike NFT this morning. Over a hundred thousand sold out in four hours. Jesus fucking Christ. God, I I need to talk to you guys more. Shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing or not doing rather and what you guys are doing. So uh please school me. Uh, or as Craig David says. Would you feel me in? Yeah, uh, I'm just saying. Uh, fucking light skinned English, fucking good looking guys. Got hate on fucking Craig David. Make some good fucking songs, but Jesus Christ. And then gets a nose job 20 years removed. But uh, uh, you know what? That's all right. Cool. Craig David. Um, no. So as we kind of venture up into the card, we have none other than Cody Stamen, the star man yeah. Stamen. Uh, used to be Spartan, or is he the Spartan now? 
and formerly yeah, yeah, I guess he's Spartan. He's Spartan now, and he was the star man before. What have you? Um, yeah. None of that kind of matters because fucking Saeed or Saeed uh, Nurmagomedov fucking guillotine and choke his shit out of Cody Saban. Uh, yeah. This one is a quick affair, uh, only forty-seven seconds, uh, basically earning Saeed uh, performance bonus an extra fifty thousand dollars, which uh, in that region where he he hails from, that's a pretty good chunk of change. You know, they don't mm-hmm. live beyond their means there. So that's a nice little uh, return on investment. $50,000, 47 seconds. I'm just saying he almost got, a, you know, $1,000 for every second that he fought uh, with an extra three grand for uh, the walkout. But also yeah. that's not even including, you know, his purse. So I'm just saying not a bad night for Said uh, Nurmagomedov. Hey, he's going to go snatch himself another horse straight up with that bonus. You know what I'm saying? Saeed wait, came in here. Wait, did you say horse or whore? I was a like, horse, a horse. Oh, I was like, I don't think that's how they get. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. You were saying, <laughs> you know, as you said that, I remember that guy, you know, when the, the lady was like, you know, people was filling out the fucking. Uh, what is it? The lottery tickets and shit. One of the biggest Powerballs in history, and whatever. And the lady who's like, talk to that dude. He was like, "Oh, what are you gonna do if you win?" He was like, "Hookers and blow." <laughs> and his wife kicked him out of the house. <laughs> Eddie didn't win, so I remember I mean, that dude. I remember that dude. Oh my god! Oh. But it's horses. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. I'm saying he's gonna go snatch himself another horse, man. You know what I mean? To go riding in the hills, straight up. When you're in Dagestan or any region of that nature, cars are not favorable. You know what I'm saying? It's mountainous. And to get around with efficiency, why not, you know, use a horse? And it makes perfect sense. And and it's 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 better for nature that way because it's a natural event occurring. A car on a <laughs> a car on a road, it's not very natural. You know what I'm saying? So, therefore. But getting back to Saeed, you know what I'm saying? And, and not worrying about what he's going to do with his money. The financial planner. This already has, you know, a foreign lame pronunciation class. <laughs> Which you can get for one easy payment of nine ninety nine ninety nine, or four easy payments of four ninety nine ninety nine. Yes, you pay double if you don't get that shit right now, if not sooner. But you know, there's that fucking picture of Putin riding a horse shirtless, and, it, and there you the, go. The only fucking shit that I had in my head was side and fucking Putin, along with Habib and whatever. All those motherfuckers galloping through the the mountainous ranges of. Uh, you know, fucking Dagestan and Russian, um, you know, shirtless and shit like that, you know, uh, and rolling with the ponies, not not the homies, the ponies. Uh, Jesus Christ. I don't know what the fuck. My- hey, <laughs> hey, but in all seriousness, Saeed Nomagomedov's skills made a shocking impact immediately upon the beginning of the match he the speed was shocking the turning back kick 
was the one. It hit the target. It missed the liver. But the execution shocked his opponent. Shocked his opponent. Causing him snap to snap into wrestling mode almost immediately. He went for the takedown. Uh, Saeed secured the deep, deep guillotine and uh, didn't relinquish it. It was nice and tight. And uh, that was all she wrote. The man was submitted rather quickly. Everyone was shocked. Everyone in this corner was shocked. They didn't know what to say. Sometimes life throws you lemons as well. So what's Mr. Stamen going to do about this? Perhaps cut him up, squeeze him out, and make <laughs> juice. You know what I'm saying? Got to do something. Got to learn from this. You know what I'm saying? Don't get shocked when you get hit with a turning back hit. Or perhaps learn to move your feet so you're not an easy target for someone who is fast like this. We live and we learn. It is what it is. Yeah, speaking of learn, apparently uh, Harvey says, uh, uh, teach Adam to say my freaking name right. Which, okay, let's take it phonetically. Harvey. Um, but then the last name, I'm going to go with C-A-S, Cast. E, right? Caste, right? And double A L A Yano. That that's what I'm going with. But I, I apparently I don't fucking don't say things right. Uh which I don't say the things right. But uh say earns a new moniker of the horse collector. Yeah. Straight up. Hey, here's another Arabian. You know what I'm saying? He's got that down payment for another Arabian. The Arabians sometimes be up upwards of one million dollars, but you know those aren't necessary in the mountains, I guess. I I guess I mean only in the only in the desert. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I I there's so much. I was like, because you were like, ah, oh, squeezing the juice or whatever. I was like, is there horse juice? Is that yeah. is that a fucking thing? I don't know, like Arabian horse juice or some shit. I, I don't think that's juice. I think it, it might not be lemonade is what I'm saying. Uh, but, yeah, fucking, you know, uh, Saeed is basically earning himself an extra 50 Gs for yeah. this one. Um, you know, so maybe he'll teach a horse to do some flippy shit. Uh, but speaking of flippy shit, uh, <coughs> Michel Piera and Andre Filiao. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what I'm going with. Uh, the Portuguese Man of War. That's not his actual moniker. Uh, he doesn't have one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna christen him uh, Aldo Montoya, the Portuguese Man of War. That's it. That's uh, Andre Filao. That was the first time I'd ever heard of Portugal. Uh, so that's what I'm going with, you know. And I think that's just incredible. Uh, it's an inside joke if you if you get it there. But Michel Piana, man, fucking flipping shit. Yeah, earning himself a unanimous decision. Um, there was, I mean. Andre, can can we talk about Andre, right? Yeah. Andre, you know how when you go on any of the UFC video games, right? Yes. Yeah. And you try to create a player, and they give right, you a, right. a blank template. Yeah, yeah. That's what Andre <laughs> fucking looked like. I was like, holy shit! Like he's in the UFC <laughs> video game without actually, you know, without actually doing shit and whatever. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Hey, 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 that dude surprisingly turned out to, to be an actually a, a very good fighter. As Michelle Pierre quickly found out, the young man was an efficient striker. Excellent striking. 
all 15 minutes, he made Michelle fight a perfect fight. He had to be perfect to win. He had to be perfect to win, and Michelle did that. He did some of his antics, you know, but there were – if you – I don't know how to explain it, but if you think about quality and quantity, he made the right decisions in regards to quality, right? He only did those moves when he knew he could get away with them, which I'm definitely okay with. This is part of his trademark. Uh, uh, this is how people remember him. So he's going to do these things. But he did them very well. The ones off the fence, the Superman off the fence, were quite necessary and useful. Um, he has put a lot of time into his cardio. This was a problem in the beginning, which is another reason why me personally didn't like all the backflips and all that because later on it affected him, wasted energy. But now he's found his baseline in which he can do these antics and still perform at a high level in a 15 minute match. This kid is on his way and um, he just needs to keep winning. I believe he's on a five five win streak now you know what I'm saying? With his antics, attempts to speak English, he's on his way. He's on his way. Just keep winning, Michelle Perel, however you say your name. And uh, the future is bright. Absolutely. But going back to my analogy, I wanted to pull something up, all right? So, yeah. okay. So we've got, dun, 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 we have UFC create a fighter, right? And... <laughs> That's, that's that. Okay. So that's that. Right. Let's full screen it for you guys. So just so you guys can see. Okay. That's what we're going with. Right. And then this is uh, Andre Filao. Uh, oh, Fialo. Fialo. That's what his name. Yeah, Not Figaro, uh, but Fialo. Okay. Uh, and I wish I had the capability of doing a side-by-side, -side, but just put it in your memory and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, and this is Andre Fialo. Okay? It's a fucking creative <laughs> player. It's, it's a fucking creative guy. player. It's the same guy. Jesus Christ. Hey, UFC they, needs use, to... they used Fialo and didn't pay him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He needs to get some fucking residuals off that shit. I'm just saying. He looked like... I was like, hey, he's, I've he's played him before. Case. He's yeah. got a real case. <laughs> yes, 100%. And, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Robtrotter says, hey, dudes, you do you want to put your fight on, uh, your life on the line for 12K? Because that's just what uh, Andre Fiala did last night. No, 100%. 100%. You know? Um, and maybe in Portugal, it, it fucking goes, you know, 12K American goes a little bit further. But, I mean, that was it, you know? And... Uh, <laughs> Fucking shitty fighter pay, bro. Ridiculous. You know, uh, yeah. shit's got to change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was actually uh, talking to somebody about this, right? An amateur uh, fighter. And mm. yes, shit has to change. But you know who's not going to change it? The fucking UFC. Because they're going to, they're making money hand over fist. There's a yep. reason, you know, you remember when Conor McGregor was like, I want ownership of the UFC. Mm -hmm. They didn't give that to him. And arguably, that is the biggest cash cow that UFC has ever had, right? Bigger than Chuck, bigger than Brock, rather, bigger than Ronda, bigger than Anderson, whatever. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, Conor can win or lose four fights in a row, not, mm -hmm. you know, not win a fight in five years or one in, 
you know, one fight in five years and still be a top draw just because, you know, he's he's reaching Hogan, Hulk Hogan, you know, levels of popularity in the mm-hmm. pop culture lexicon, right? You don't even have to know what MMA is. You don't know, have to know with you, what the UFC is. There are people that work at uh, WME Endeavor that don't even know what the fucking UFC is. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, that I found out pretty pretty readily, right? So as long as they're making money, they're not going to change it. Nope. Uh, but it's guys like Francis Ngannou, uh, and if you if you want to get into it, you know uh, his stance on the UFC in terms of his fight pay or uh, not the UFC not um, allowing him to get a proper training camp, you know, almost setting him up for failure. Even though he was their fucking Frankenstein, he was their player one. You know, the mm-hmm. template of what a fighter that they wanted to be up and, and then fed him to Stipe, didn't give a mm-hmm. fuck, and then now he's mm-hmm. here. So, again, um, the UFC is not going to change it, just like the WWE, right? Fucking damn near over 100 fucking releases and people that you know, people that you love, people that you bought tickets for. Again, they don't give a shit. They're doing record earnings. So it's not going to come from the organizations themselves. It has to come from the fighters. How that happens, that's up to the fighters, right? But you know, much like John Jones and a lot of people that were advocating for better fighter pay. It was better fighter pay for them, not so much mm-hmm. better fighter pay for Us. people on the undercard. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's it, you know. Again, NFTs, crypto.com, fucking rocks, you know, Project Rock being the official uh shoe sponsor, Venom, mm-hmm. all that stuff. How much of that is actually going to the, the fighter? You know, mm-hmm. when when you look in, in terms of you know, uh, in estimate, right? Brian Callen uh, says when he first met Brendan Schaub and Sh- Brendan Schaub was still in the UFC, right? There was like, you know, six-figure fucking um, checks of sponsorship just in fucking, uncashed in fucking uh, Brendan Schaub's car, right? Mm. That's not happening to t- today's fighter, you know? Um, it's weird. There's more fights. And, and that's the other thing, Right. Making yourself a star. If you think you're going to be a good star just by being a good fighter, look at Curtis Blades. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Not and enough. And especially the UFC, right? If your whole, you know, um, aspiration, everything that you're working for is to get to the UFC, that's cool because UFC is going to play you uh, for that, right? Because they know that that's where like you want to go. Like a fucking fiddle, right? <laughs> and what they've done, right, is Again, Conor McGregor wanted, you know, a, a you know even an incremental piece of the pie. I think it was like five percent or something, or whatever. They didn't give it to him. And then pandemic ha- happens, July, I believe it was when UFC does the first uh, show at Vistar Arena, right in Florida. And what ends up happening? You know, they end up doing. I mean, pretty much have us trained as you know, ardent MMA and UFC fans. They're literally doing a fight almost every weekend since, mm-hmm. uh, you know, July, mid-July of 2020. So that's going on two years that where they've conditioned us. And guess what? Get a cool knockout. Get a cool submission. That's going to be replaced by the very next week when it happens right. again and whatever. And everything that you were banking your career and the cachets that you think you have and bargaining power that you think you have. Guess what? That next person, that next guy or girl is going to be the next one, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's it. Yeah. You know? 
And, That's uh, how the cookie crumbles in business. Yeah, in absolutely. Fight business. Somebody assassinate Dana? Oof! Ouch! Oh, shit. Then get him out of there, and shit will change. It's a, I, I, ooh. that's that's really hard for pain. I, I don't know, I don't know about that. You know, Dana, much like Vince McMahon, it's a double-edged sword because you, you know, their respective genres of entertainment, and it is entertainment. You can talk about the sanctity of sport all you want, but fucking wrestling is getting taken out of the Olympics, right? Literally, one of the fucking vestiges of ancient Greece that the reason why we have a fucking Olympics in the first place, and that shit is getting eradicated from the Olympic Games, right? So, same thing, right? It's entertainment. When you put a dollar amount, when some people are taking in some sort of monetary incentive, right? Mm -hmm. It's entertainment. Mm -hmm. That's it. You go watch NFL you know, basketball, whatever. If they weren't filling up stands, they weren't signing TV ad right deals, that shit wouldn't exist at all. Nope. Right? Mm -hmm. So with that all being said, right, they're going to cash in. They're going to end up being pay paidered, right? And it's no different than, you know, record companies, you know, owning per perpetuity of an artist catalog or giving an advance of whatever. And But then, you know, everything that they do, from studio time to taking a shit, is essentially a line item that they're going to get charged back. You know, um, it, it's it's a fucking monopoly. It, it, that you know, that's that's it. And will it change again when the fighters kind of group together? I'm not saying union or whatever, but there needs to be something where there's a cohesion amongst the, the top tier fighters and the bottom tier fighters that we want more. You know, but then I also feel like. You know, within five years, the UFC will be robots. You know, the, mm -hmm. the fucking battle bots that you see on TV and shit like that. I think that's mm -hmm. it because you, you want fighter pay. And I saw it with like the Uber and Lyft deal, right? Mm -hmm. Uber and Lyft, mm -hmm. you know, all the fucking workers like we were making six figures and shit like that. And now you're undercutting us, undercutting us, undercutting us. And we want, you know, fucking medical, you know, uh, you know, medical care and paid time off and everything like that. And Uber, at least here in California, was like, ah, oh, fuck it we just won't do business here in California. And then the mm -hmm. fucking pandemic happened. And, you know, so it's nothing new. If you f follow business and, and st study it and whatever, that's, that's where it is. Uh, so as long as we keep paying the fucking UFC fight pass and going to live shows and shit like that. It's all good. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it. They're not going to see a change yet. Yeah, there's, there's no reason to change, you know? Hey, so I once, I once saw this movie. Uh, it's a kid's movie. It was called Dinosaur. And it was this dinosaur that had to... Uh, some, it was some apocalyptic event that occurred. Again, I believe a meteor, the Big Bang, or whatever. There was a meteor attack, and it destroyed his flock. And he had to migrate to find Greenland or whatever. But anyways, there was a bunch of... Don uh, there was a, these T-Rex characters in this, in this movie. And they will attack, you know, what it's normal for, for T-Rexes to attack other animals that are by themselves. But when they stood together, they were able to, to scare off this T-Rex. And the same analogy could be applied to this particular situation, just like you said. If they all work together, they will be heard. And this is the only way anything is going to change. I mean, right now, the UFC, I'm, I don't even blame them, bro. 
they they wrote the book on this game and they expect you to go read the rules yourself you know they're not gonna help you help yourself i mean that how does that help them if they helped you help yourself you know what i mean the fighters have to organize and make this happen themselves instead of one person going to make their contract better we all make our contract better together by standing together this is the only way this is the only way even even in our real life people say you know we need this law we need that law if we organize and stand together we will get that law it is what it is yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, Harvey, <laughs> Harvey saying, uh, "Damn, that was over top, over the top, bro." Assassination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and uh, Bodyslam.net, which this very show is being simulcast on all of the social media platforms that Bodyslam.net currently has. That's Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, uh, YouTube as well, along with the According to Woods. Facebook and Twitter pages and the Voodoo in the Woods uh, YouTube <laughs> and Facebook pages. So again, go ahead and subscribe to them all. Uh, the franchise okay. player Bad Bart hereby acknowledges that Adam Woods is the Maharaja of MMA, the true tribal chief of pro wrestling. Yeah. I've never taken yeah. a bump, but also those titles look to be pretty good fucking t-shirts so i and i'm a t-shirt collector <laughs> i lost count over 200 so i'm just saying uh bruce Marpato says at least knock out dana data white out cold francis can do it will knock some sense into dana i don't know i mean you know, bret hart you know slapped the shit out of vince mcmahon uh after montreal screw job and whatever and yeah it didn't work that fucking they're still making money hand over fist um yeah you know? yeah yeah so just saying, Dana needs to be KO'd uh, solid. It would be good for him. He needs uh, a little good. It needs a rest anyway. Hey, you know what? And the fighters rights, uh, says Bandit Backup. You know, it's funny uh, because it's not funny. It's kind of ironic because yeah. Dana White actually had Meniere's disease uh, caused by the fact that as it was a bouncer, I believe, in Boston, or he could have just been clubbing, you know, in his pre-UFC a president days and what have you it was out in boston or whatever and somebody sucker punched him like literally fucking donkey punched him in the back of the head he fell to the ground it dislodged a piece of bone in his ear and uh he had essentially manier's is like when you get fucking vertigo right. and all that shit and whatever right. so um it has happened and mm -hmm. we still get this same dana white so pro or con that's it so maybe if that that shit didn't happen we would get less of the Dana that you dislike or maybe more of the Dana you like. I don't know. Fucking, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Hey, but, but when you think about it, Dana White works for the machine. Yes. It's really not his decision. He's just the one to talk to the world that, okay, this is the decision that the machine has made. And it looks like his decision. It isn't his decision. He works for someone. There's a what, WHN, WWE, whatever. WME Endeavor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Endeavor. these are the people. These are the people that he answers to. He's really not the bad guy here. He's just the one telling the story, uh, bearing bearer of bad news, as they say. He is the bearer of bad news. He is the face of the bad news. But really, he is not the target. The target is WMAC, whatever they're called. That's WMAC the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> is, are you telling me Shannon Lee's the commissioner? 
If it's not Dana White, ha It was me, Dana. It was me. Uh, hey, man. Yeah, man is probably Yang Yang Man or something. Hakeem. <laughs> Panther. <laughs> it's those guys. What is it? Michael. <laughs> the machine. Was, was it Michael Casavetas or Mike Chatterat? Yeah, no, something like that. Mike yeah. Chatterat or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. If yeah. I can, uh, yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, shout out to WMAC Masters. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, damn right. Um, and uh, going they back, said Dana. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> he said Dana. Oh, fuck the fuck for the. You know what? If you look at the WMAC fucking title and the UFC fucking title that they got now, goddamn. Goddamn. <laughs> You know we what? just unravel the conspiracy, bro. Dana White is fucking Shannon <laughs> Lee. That's it. That's oh fuck. Get your tinfoil hats on, folks. We got you. Yeah. We got your shit. Oh god. Uh, and you said, you know, he acknowledged the franchise player. Uh, acknowledges that Adam Woods is the Maharaja. Uh, again, I appreciate that, but I also acknowledge that I got a fucking cool ass slam, buddy, from the good brother Petrov. Gregor Petrov, yeah. uh, right there. So uh, shout out. Is to that Petrov. Repo Man? Is that no? The repo it's, man? it's Petrov, uh, a Pacific Northwest independent wrestler. Support independent. Oh, okay, wrestling. okay, okay. Um, so up. yeah, uh, that's that's so dope. Uh, Nina posted on the social media, but thank you for that, Petrov. Uh, yes, that is the only time I'm a winner when I fucking <laughs> do Instagram contests and shit and get slam buddies. That's enough incentive for me to get off my fucking ass. So I'm just saying. But speaking of getting off our fucking asses, we are at the co-main events of the evening. And this is for the undisputed UFC flyweight world championship. We have former champion, uh, the God of War. That's what it is in... in Brazilian, Portuguese, mm -hmm. English pronunciation. Davidson Figueiredo up against the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno. And uh, this one went all 25 minutes, uh, a lot of action. This is why this is one of the uh, – this is the fight of the night, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, Harvey saying, I bet on Moreno, and I thought he won. Um yeah, but he didn't win. He, he didn't win. This one goes to a decision. This is pretty evenly, um, evenly contested. But if you're going on damage, right, looking at the face and, and specifically the nose of Davidson Federado, mm -hmm. I mean, and that, uh, you know what? It's not a very good barometer, right? Because you could just have, you know, a, a shitty fucking, you know, nasal passage, you know, one touch and the shit. You know, it turns into fucking ceramic tile and whatever, and you crack it, mm -hmm. whatever the fuck, right? That's mm -hmm. not a good barometer, but again, the the number of punches landed. I don't know. Like I I agree with Harvey, and I, I kind of disagree with the, the, the decision. Um, but I, I also have a little bit of sour grapes, man. Like fucking Figgy is a heel, man. Figueredo mm -hmm. is a heel. That motherfucker mm -hmm. don't give a shit about no one, uh, mm -hmm. but himself. You know, and that's that's essentially what a heel is, you know? And again, mm -hmm. like I, I, I go back to the fact that, you know, I showed my 14 my year old, the fucking Moreno UFC belts made out of Legos. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and leave it to fucking Figgy. He was like, oh, this is my first time shooting in America, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And he goes with uh, Eric Alshabon to shooting range in Arizona and whatever. <laughs> and he puts a fucking bootleg version of Moreno's, you know, uh, title. It was a very cut rate. It was a poor man's Lego <laughs> version of it. And he fucking shoots the shit out of it. I'm like, first off, what is a kid going to think, right? Like you fucking shooting Legos. At the same time, at the same time, like I think it was in the same embedded or the embedded before it, where he's like wishing his daughter a happy birthday. Which, funny enough, this is this is something where you know Figueredo and Moreno are in, in closely intertwined, you know, celestially. That their their kids actually have birthdays in in similar time within a week of each other. Right, and both of them were away for this title fight, you know, during the birthdays. So I'm just saying, and Morena was able to celebrate earlier for his daughter, and Figgy for his son wasn't was here in US, the United States while his uh, son was in the native Brazil. But I'm just saying, it was just fucking disrespectful, uh, and that's that's what you're getting out of Figgy. Like, <coughs> I, I go back and forth of of you know my respect for figgy right because he has this style of grappling that is directly derived from the ancient uh people who roamed the amazon before you know all of the fucking deforesting and everything like that this you know um you know the fact that he got and and he argued that he deserved a fifty thousand dollar bonus over his win um i think it was against moreno Right, mm -hmm. and he stayed, and he stayed, and whatever you know, he went to Fight Island, fought Benavides twice. The first, I mean, not twice on Fight Island. First time he missed weight, right, and it was a one-way title switch, which he lost, right, because he came in overweight. And then the second time, fucking Megan O'Leary, uh, Joseph Benavides, his wife, one of the greatest fucking analysts and and uh, interviewers and, and podcasters there is one of my heroes and whatever but had her fucking crying as he beat the shit and fucking choked the fuck out of um uh fucking Benavides. yeah <laughs> jesus christ i mean he he went cross-eyed and all that shit it was yeah. not not fucking great so I, i'm i'm glad that he got the fucking bag of money from dana white and everything like that and whatever that that is one step towards fighter rights and everything like that <clears throat> Um, but also I'm just like, God damn, you know, this, this motherfucker, he just like, just when you start to kind of like maybe respect him and whatever, he fucking links up with the fucking cringe crew in, you know, of, uh, Al Saban and fucking Cejudo and whatever. Like, did you see the, the victory? Obviously Figurator won, whatever, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. all of those motherfuckers, there was like eight motherfuckers in the fucking octagon. None of them could see above the fucking cage. It was, mm -hmm. it was like the fucking lollipop guild. That shit was mm -hmm. munchkin as fuck. Uh, all of them could beat my ass. So I'm just saying mm -hmm. that, you know? Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, seriously, what the fuck? The leg thing about stupid stunt. No, uh, I would actually... Uh, <laughs> hey. I, would, I, would, I would actually remove the S and the T and replace it with the... Uh, a C in, in stun, uh, and that's what I, I kind of feel for for Figgy. <laughs> hey man, this particular matchup, the, the gentlemen they already know each other. They've been in there three times. Or, well, this the, this was the third time 
after one, you already know the individual, but then you go again, and then you go for a third time, so they know each other very well. This wasn't the the reason Figgy won. Figgy understood that for him to win this particular matchup, <clears throat> he had to do something different. He had to make an ultimate sacrifice. And the ultimate sacrifice is four months of his life away from his family. He had to become a nomad. Uh, uh, he had to become a ronin. So he, he hiked himself to Arizona. When he got to Arizona, he went to see the master in Harry Cejudo. Is he the master of striking? No. Is he the master of <clears throat> wrestling? Some will say he's very good. He might be one of the one of the very best, as he's already won an Olympic medal. Is it because of that reason? No. He gained a lot of wrestling, but no, that wasn't why. He went for this. He went for this. The that thing that, that he calls cringe is really a, a real thing. And and it is an ability that he possessed and he knows how to teach this Henry Cejudo. Uh it's a mental it's a mental weapon that is used against an opponent. And what happens is the opponent becomes they become they lose themselves. They lose themselves, as we saw in the press conference. Uh, uh, Henry, uh, not Henry, the, the Morales, Moreno, Moreno, not Morales, excuse me. Moreno, he, I didn't see the Moreno that won the title. I didn't see him at all. This Moreno seemed flustered. Uh, he, he was too happy. It was almost fake happy. I didn't buy into it. I didn't buy into it because I immediately cut a video to 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 the the to express this point, right? This match was only won by a mental attack. Because as you saw in the match, Figueredo was not the best striker. The kid was. He, he was, Moreno was the better striker. He's an excellent striker, a beautiful striker. I saw a flaw because he fought like a boxer. He didn't even really fight like a boxer. He just stood there expecting to brawl. I mean, the man brawled with you in a second fight and he got clipped, dropped. Dropped to the point where you sunk in a rear naked choke and finished him. He understands his mistake, which is why he went to Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo was the mind doctor, the mind coach, whom he needed to face the demon of his loss. He went to Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo forced him to watch the loss and they broke it down. They broke it down. Once they broke it down, he realized the error in his ways. And what did he do? He stuck to the game plan. What is the game plan? Stick and move, stick and move. Biggie once told us, treat it, treat it like boxers, stick and move, stick and move. And this is what he did. He chopped at the leg and he ran his ass off. You know what I'm saying? He knew that wasting his time would be striking against Henry uh, uh, Morales, Moreno. He knew that. 
So he went for the wrestling. He went for this and he went for that. He did this and he did that. But he kept consistent at his attack. He chopped the leg, he attacked the middle, and he attacked the top. In doing this, there were multiple openings in which he was able to drop his opponent in Moreno. This was major. This, especially in this weight class, you do not really see people dropping themselves like this. You see fights at a high pace, go for 15 minutes, go for 25 minutes. You see this more often in this weight division rather than seeing someone get knocked down. And Moreno was knocked down several times in this contest. Um, to link this all together, Figueredo won this match at the press conference. He won it at the press conference when he called him a crybaby. And he spoke English to do so. Brendan Moreno, you crybaby. And then he laid down his case. It was very simple. I'm going to knock you out. He knew he wasn't going to try and knock this dude out. But he planted that seed and he hammered it in. Once he hammered it in, the rest was easy. So now he's speaking in Portuguese. Da, 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 da. I don't know what he said. You know what I mean? I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do this to you. But every now and then, he'll pop back in and speak English. I'm going to knock you out, Brandon Moreno. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. I knock you out, motherfucker. Everyone in every continent understand motherfucker. You ain't got to speak English to understand motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? He 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 spoke to the world. They hated him for it. They hated him for it. But this is not his concern. He has your mind. He had everyone's mind. Most importantly, he had Moreno's mind. And Moreno, when he got to the fight, there was no flow in him. He had the skill. But he lacked flow. And without flow, he cannot win the match. I totally agree with what happened here. It wasn't a physical contest. It was a mental contest. And the coaching staff for Figueredo won. It was coaching versus coaching. See, the, 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 the Tijuana team got their fighter ready physically. He was chopped many times in the leg, over 15 kicks to the leg. And he didn't show any effect. That means he was well in shape and ready to go. You know what I'm saying? It was a mental thing, and they lost. And this is why Figueredo is now champion. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm super, super salty that Figgy won. Uh, emotional. <laughs> uh, that's me. That's me. But it also could be Figgy and Moreno. Um, you know, uh, mental martial arts. And oh wow, no. Uh, says Tilbrook. Um, again, this was a very pro, um, you know, Brandon Moreno uh, fight crowd. This was, uh, you know, it, it seemed like in the opening rounds that Moreno was, I mean, he, he, he was trying to channel the boxing prowess of every Mexican boxer that has ever happened. You know, I saw a little bit of a I, I guess a, a, an homage to the great Julio Cesar Chavez, which that is the other Funko Pop I have. Uh, shout out to Funko for paying his spec to, uh, to Julio Cesar Chavez, one of the all-time greats. But with that all being said, you know, it just, if it would have worked, we would all be praising it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, F Figi was just that, that much better. 
Um, I don't know. But it went to decision, so there's always going to be a disputation. I don't know if we should. I don't think there would be any anything gained by having them fight four times and what have you. You know, they've already done three. The rubber match has already happened and whatever. So there's a definitive edge and what have you. Uh, but I would have liked to see a longer title run, you know, and I would have I would have actually not preferred to see him and Figi again uh, this this time around. I would have. It will happen. No, no, no. It I, will happen. I, no, no. But I, I, you know, like a defense of, you know, maybe, you know, uh, a Brandon Royval or what mm-hmm. have you. And you could you could say, oh, well, you know, uh, Figgy is higher in, uh, what is it, higher in ranking and whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, how many times have they played outside of fucking ranking, you know, to, to you know, honey dick a fucking title fight or whatever. You know, they did it with the fucking heavyweight interim title, right? Oh, uh, well, we're going to get the guy that wasn't even on the roster pre-pandemic and, you know, the fucking my balls is hot guy. And that's going to mm-hmm. work in Houston and whatever. Oh, well, I mean, and that's after Francis didn't want to fight in fucking Houston. Again, we're, we're going to get to the fucking main event. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I feel, I don't know. Uh, it's hard for me to fucking uh, cheer Figgy. And that's just, that's just me. Uh, and yeah, well, but you also have to understand Figueredo, uh, he, he, he's mastered the game. He's just missing some pieces, but he understands the, 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 the attributes necessary for success here as a fighter in the UFC. The man is from the Amazon. He's from the Amazon. He's a humble man. He's not uh, the opposite. He understands, okay, I'm not that eloquent with my speech. I'm not that good looking. That's, That's for, for facts. Just follow me, follow me. Uh, uh, perhaps the majority of the people will not like me if I go the good guy route. You know what I'm saying? He's not that eloquent on the mic. Right. He doesn't know English, really. He tries his best, but for, for what for whatever it's worth, it's not enough. And he realized this. So he said, I'm just going to take it, take the easier route. You know what I'm saying? I'm the god of war because I, I knock suckers out on the regular. You know what I'm saying? We got highlights to prove it. So he, the moniker god of war, okay, you can go with that. Kratos is pretty badass. You know what I'm saying? And he, Figueredo, badass too. He's proved it many times. So the image is there. Why not become a bad guy? This is the easiest way. Look, I can't, it's harder to get you to like me, but it's very, very easy to make you hate me. I just got to do something that's considered not the normal, right? And he did what he had to do. Now, everyone hates him. Floyd Mayweather used the same strategy. You know what I'm saying? Look how much the Mexicans hate Floyd Mayweather because of his antics. He understands they're not going to come watch him win, but they'll pay to watch him lose. So he's always sold out. This is a strategy. You are a fighter. This is a strategy. I mean, look, I understand uh, you have to become a Sith to make this money, but understand your family needs to eat. Figueredo's from the Amazon. His family got to eat. So if he's got to come on camera and play this bad guy for you guys to, 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 to hate so you can pay for that pay-per-view, he's going to do that. I say the man is doing his job. He's doing his job and he's doing it well. 
<laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> he's doing his job and he's doing it well. It is what it is. You know, Figueredo, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because when it came time, you were able to shed the character and you give it up to your family, of course, whom you are there fighting for. You know what I mean? Give it up to the supporting cast, the Arizona folks that help you get to this place that you're at. You gave it up to the people whom you came from. You know what I'm saying? You thanked your opponent for granting you this wonderful opportunity and, you know, pretty much allowing you to play with his mind and take his belt, take your belt back. It was yours, which he took from you, and you did whatever you had to within regulation. Within regulation, he didn't cheat. He didn't break any rules. You know what I mean? He just did something that's considered uh, against the norm you know, in, in creating this character and, and, and running with it. It's working for him. Um, I'd like to see more of this character, actually, Woods. I'd like to see more. I want more. All right. Well, I want to take a shed on fucking uh, <laughs> Davidson Federator. That is, I don't know. Here, that looks like he, you know, a menstruation gone wild. But uh, there we go. Uh, fucking, yeah. I, I don't want to see any more Figgy. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I want fucking. I don't know. I don't know. Boo, 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 Figgy, boo, Figgy. You know, and Madafaka. Love the analogy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. You're, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just like I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm no, I like fucking Moreno, dude. I, I as I like fucking Benavidez before him, and you know, like whatever the fuck. So I'm not. I'm good. I'm I'm good on this motherfucker. You're fucking putting bullets to fucking fake UFC fucking Lego. Get the fuck out of here, dude. And I like belts. I fucking collect them, man. Like you know, Camel State title, fucking Lucas. <laughs> Fucking title, you know, like this is what you fucking bust your ass for, right? I love it. Hey, I, I like the value creation. Shooting that Lego just brought in the 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 twelve to fifteen age group, man. They're like, man, we were seeing him get his ass kicked. Hey, man, more viewers, more viewers. I don't know. Twelve year olds seeing people shoot shit. <laughs> Hey, but we As, see that on TV all the time. When we watch the news, real life shooting on the news, not no uh, shooting at a Lego thing. The news is way worse, and that's okay. What's up with this double standards in this United States of America? What's fuck, going on here? It's Figgy. <laughs> fucking Figgy. There's every reason that I should like fucking Figgy. Ancient fucking martial, grappling martial art. You know, and what have you, and and fucking Asai and whatever the fuck, and the God of War, the video game was uh, was actually uh, molded after the body type of the, you know, not I mean, fucking Shad Gaspard, you know, the guy who, you know, uh, died saving his son from you know drowning, yeah, you know, on mm. Venice Beach and shit like that. That that's it. Mm. Every reason why I should like Viggy, I don't like Viggy. Hey, I, I tried. Time out. Tried. Time out. Time out. Time out. Couldn't Brandon Moreno have done more? Of course, I'm not saying that. The center of the octagon, but then he didn't. He didn't press. He could have chased down his opponent and smashed him. He didn't do that. 
You know what I'm saying? Really, this loss falls on him. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm not saying it isn't. I just don't like Figgy. I don't like Figgy. <laughs> I'm good. I tried. I tried. You can go back into the archives, the Beauty in the Woods archive. I was like, you know, when he fucking got that, that fucking sack full of money, I was like, ah, cool, man. Fucking get that shit. I don't like it. I don't like him anymore. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck Figgy. I'm not, you know, offering him to get on the podcast. I'm not whatever. The whole team is fucking creepy. They creep me out. Fucking creep me out. So what my fucking nightmares are made out of. Like the, that whole fucking lollipop guild fucking, you know, dwarf munchkins that can fucking beat the shit out of me. That's what my fucking dreams are, are made out of. And all of them have gold. Become uh, feather gold. Like that hey, you fucking... saw his gold too? He was wearing a gold too at the press company. <laughs> hey, did you see his suit? His Gucci suit? No. Gucci suit. No. Gucci suit. What's that song by Rick Ross? In my Gucci suit. In my Gucci suit. <laughs> oh, the fake Rick Ross? <laughs> no, I'm not going to fucking. No. I'm good. <laughs> I like my hip hop when it was like fucking KRS One and Biz Marquee, the Fat Boys, and the fucking, you know, when they didn't say the wearing Gucci suit, wearing Gucci suit, wearing Gucci suit, wearing Gucci suit. Okay, let Freeway Rick Ross, the real motherfucker. Let's let's see, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, again, Fiki is everything I hate about the world, so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, and, remember they were shooting across from the dojo a few weeks ago. Um, oh and, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the Gucci suit was nice. No, I'm good. This is right? these are things. It was nice, these, right? these are things that I, you know, as somebody that grew up in Inglewood and as a person of color and dude of color, I try not to do, not gold tooth, not fucking whatever the fuck. And this motherfucker, this motherfucker. Hey, but but that's the this, god of this war. motherfucker. <laughs> He's, he said, he I'm said, Brandon Moreno, motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I'm good. I like cursing. Don't like what fucking Figgy does it. I don't like anything he does. Fucking don't. Uh, I'm really he's done. really trying, though. You got to give him an A yeah, I'm not saying though. he's not trying, but he's trying to piss me the fuck off. And, and before, before I'd be like, oh, I want to fucking, you know, see him get his ass whipped, right? WWE logic, right? To pay more to see that motherfucker get his ass whipped, right? You know, you, you it elect uh, a fucking emotion out of the, the populace, right? Either they want right, to fucking right. pay to see you win or pay to see you fucking lose. But if they <laughs> don't want to see you pay to do anything, they want to pay to see you do anything, you're fucked up and you should be on the wrong business. Fucking Tiggy is that for me. Anytime he's fucking fighting, I will turn that shit off. I'm, I'm out. Fuck him. Gucci of war. I'm all right. Take, take that fucking gold tooth and fucking use, 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 uh, fucking, what's his name? Cejudo, right? Take Cejudo and fucking take his ass and polish that shit and shove it up Alcibon's ass. So got, like fucking all of them. I mean, do what they actually are doing. It's a fucking human centipede. That's what they're doing. Why don't they just fucking do it? Just do it and be done with it. Fuck fighting in the UFC. Fuck coaching people. Nah, fuck it. You all circle jerk and fucking human centipede each other. Just fucking do it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see anything you guys do. And uh, yeah, and I checked online. The, the Gucci suit was real. You know, 
and, and no, never, 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 not never, hey, never. Hey, he should. He say. should. From now on, he should come out to that. Uh, wearing Gucci suit, wearing Gucci suit. He should come out to that song from now on. Really make people hate him. That right there would be the icing. That motherfucker should just come out to nothing and the fucking bozo fucking theme song. Super Sunday Showdown or whatever the fuck. Where, where people throw ping pongs at his stupid ass. He's stupid. He's fucking stupid. But I'm good. Fucking good. Like, Figgy, Roman Reigns, same deal. But Roman Reigns, you know, is a character. Roman Reigns is a character. Joanna Wahi is a guy who fucking beat leukemia, has, you know, has a kid, has a wife, whatever, you know, son of Afa, the Wild Samoans. Right on. Yeah. That's a character. I again, the character I don't like. Right, the person I don't know him, so I can't yeah, really. Yeah. But the fucking character, right. the guy get punched in the shirt, thrust in the chest with a fucking, you know, uh, a fucking brutal vest. Right, the the guy that is the tribal chief of the islands and has fucking SWAT shoes and fucking whatever. I've been to the fucking islands. We go wear flip flops. Goddamn, like yeah. Jesus Christ, what the fuck are we doing? Jesus Christ. I don't know. Uh, I'm uh, oh, fuck. I need uh, I need a woosa. Fuck. Yeah. fuck him. That's what I got. Yeah, fuck him. Um with each other. Uh, so Austin fucking Sahudo and whatever. I want to get just get that fucking you know playback. Like live rent free in my mind, you know, fucking Sahudo getting tossed up like a fucking pizza dough and fucking Mighty Mouse catching his ass and I'm triangling. God damn. Like it's fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Just fuck him. That's what I got. But now that I'm all hot and butter, we are at the main event of the evening. This is something that I actually give a shit about. The quintessential yes man. The bullshit ass in a room heavyweight champion, Cyril Mongamin Gun. Uh, you know, and I, I saw a great, a great fucking meme. Going into this shit, um, I don't know if I fucking. I think it's the strangles, the strangles squad on uh, on the Instagram, right? They sell, they shared this beautiful ass meme, and I'm going to share it uh, as we're introducing uh, one uh, Francis Ngannou, the Predator, right? Oh, well, they were they were on memes on this one. The memes are on point for this one, uh, and you, if you follow me on social media, uh, you know I love the memes and people get yeah. Dumb. yeah. On their fucking heads, right? But uh, I'll, I'll, let me pull up the first one, the four a.m. Right again, you you can thank me not later and shout out for this <laughs> to the the strangle squad. But uh, we have and this was sent to me by uh, Jesse Velasquez, friend of the show. But uh, it says the you know everybody's got a fucking uh, cinnamon toast crunch fucking um, what is it? Cinnamon Toast Crust Shake or whatever the fuck, right? So right, it right. says, uh, God, I can't fucking, let me see. Full screen layout. So for those who can't see, what it actually says is when you go to make breakfast, but all of the, and it's a picture of Cyril gone. <laughs> I love that shit. I love that shit. Shout out to the Strangle Squad on Instagram where you can find that shit all day, every day. Um, you know, and then another one that we found, um, another one that I found, uh, it, it basically speaks to the wrestling prowess of one Francis Ngannou, 
right? And this is uh, OG Sean Mac, Shawnee Mac. And it's like, it literally says, uh, Francis Ngannou has evolved to the complete fighter. We've just witnessed Francis Ngannou Megamedov with the fucking uh, Dagestani war hat. That's, that's what we got there. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, so there it is. Uh, shout out to Sean T. Mac on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, dude, fucking, fucking uh, Francis Ngannou. I think this is a next step of his evolution as a fighter. Mm-hmm. We know him of his, you know, athletic prowess, his knockout power, the aura uh, befitting of one Mike Tyson, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, comparisons mm-hmm. to Mike Tyson, right? The legendary Mike Tyson. So with that all being said, we got wrestle fuck Francis Ngannou, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, shout out to the Grizzly. Cal Jack, uh, former NXT uh, superstar, uh, who's killing it on the independent scene. Uh, but he was brought in uh, to basically aid Francis Ngannou to prepare for Cyril Gone. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know the Grizzly Cal Jack, um, and under his given name uh, of Clayton Jack, he was one of the best wrestlers, heavyweight wrestlers, uh, that the USA has ever produced. Uh, and that's kind of falling into the, the traits and the legacy of his father, who also has, a, I mean, an NCAA great in wrestling, who has wins, legit wins over Dan the Beast Severn, Dr. Death Steve Williams, Randy Couture, amongst others, right? So uh, the Chris and Kyle Jack was brought in uh, by by the, the guys at in, uh, what is it? I forgot the gym in Vegas. Jesus Christ. Um, but he was brought in to fucking help Francis with the wrestling. And he's a guy of six, six, eight uh, frame is, is Clayton Jack or Cal Jack, the Grizzly. Uh, mm-hmm. If you check out any of uh, uh, Joe Sonnen's stuff, he shouted him out. He was like, we're going to see a different Francis Ngannou because, you know, Cal Jack is in the fucking fight camp. And that's exactly what we saw. Right. And Joe Sonnen, another great wrestler right that's you know kill sonnen's wrestling prowess equals that of his shit talking prowess he is a great you can disagree with him or whatever but again i disagree with fucking figgy figgy is on the path of greatness right as is chael sonnen in his assessment right because we saw a francis Ngannou that i didn't think was jesus christ i didn't think i was gonna see that dude the fucking double leg and the fucking ankle picks and the fucking, I don't even know what the fucking shit is, but it's something that uh, fucking Scott Steiner would be proud of. The fucking first takedown and slam. Jesus Christ, you know? Uh, <laughs> your memory on the fly. Uh, that's, I, again, I love this shit. So, you know, <laughs> I don't let anything fly. Uh, but uh, no, I appreciate that. But yeah, Francis Ngannou, goddamn, like, he is the heavyweight champion of the world. There's no disputation. There's new, no disputation. Now I heard people a, a bit of chatter uh, on the, you know, on uh, MMA Twitter last night. Oh, fucking Overeem would fuck, you know, both Cyril Gan and Francis Ngannou up. Yeah, right. You, I mean, yes, but you know, when he had the chance, he didn't, right? And I'm as big as a Uberim fan as ever, you know, like fuck that him and Rico Verhoeven. I was, I was amped for that shit, man. 
But, um, you know, this is what we have. But he is the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And I would love this. Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. I think this is what he was angling for. You know, now, obviously, in terms of contractual disputes, he's got an automatic fucking champions clause that he's up for three fights or one year extended contract or whichever is the longest, right? So he's in for at least another 365 days in terms of the calendar year. But he can do something, especially as he has as his manager, somebody that worked for the UFC when Conor McGregor was angling for the fight with Floyd Mayweather and helping, uh, you know, and seeing all the hubbub around it and all of the gesturing and the posturing that UFC did to try and prevent it. And then they ultimately ended up coming on board as a co-promoter and what have you and made shit tons of money uh, from it, right? So I would love nothing more to see, you know, Nagano and Fury. And especially, you know, to Nagano, yes, he's the heavyweight champion of the world, but this is a guy who less than 10 years ago didn't even know what the fuck fighting was, you know? Um, I think, you know, it's... you know, much like most people like the current incarnation of Brock Lesnar of the WWE, he comes in, kicks ass, and gets six figures for his efforts, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Francis Ngannou is a fucking, he's a killer. He's a literal fucking killer. He, he fucking knocks people into an orbit, right? Um, why not? Why the fuck not? Yeah, man. Yeah. Francis Ngannou, man. Against all odds. Against all odds, he still rises. Growing up as a child, there was nothing. There was nothing. Couldn't afford this, couldn't afford that. Kicked out of school, forced to go work in the mines, in the sand mines. Against all lives, he rises. He rises. I can't go to school, I'll find a way to survive. He rises. He rises. Working in the sand mine, like friggin' Conan the Barbarian. Mythical. Doing things legendary. You know what I'm saying? In the sand mines, dreaming, dreaming of a savior. He dreamt of a savior, a savior who never came. He grows to be a man. He sees an image, an image of Mike Tyson. And he says to himself, I want to do that. I want to be just like that guy. That's what I want for myself. And people said to him, you know, like like in the Will Smith movie, people can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. Francis Ngannou, he thought to himself, why can't I? Why can't I? I believe I can do it. <coughs> Excuse me. So he started. Crossed over Africa north crossed into the desert crossed the ocean defeated homelessness defeated homelessness got in with the french folks who owe him france owes him friends he doesn't owe you anything Francis Ngannou does not owe you friends anything 
Africa, you wouldn't exist anyway. What is it that he owes you, France? He doesn't owe you nothing. He goes over, he utilizes the instrument that will get him to where he needs to get to. He realizes, okay, I think there's better for me across the ocean, to the Pacific, to America. I think, I think there's something for me there. So he went there. You cannot fault a man for wanting better for himself. How dare you? How dare you fault a man for wanting better for himself? So for this, you call him a traitor? You say he is this, he is that. And then your media at the press conference come and they want to point a finger and ask these questions of him. The man is from Cameroon. He doesn't owe you anything, friends. You owe him. You owe his people. And yet he rises against all odds cage representing Africa against the machine France France is best is serial gone the best striking you've ever seen in the heavyweight division the best footwork you've ever seen in the heavyweight division some of the best grappling you've ever seen in the heavyweight division Coming from a small pocket, a small sample of greatness in Serial Gone Titan versus Titan in the middle of the cage against all odds, torn ACL, torn, torn MCL, torn this and torn that. Man with nothing. Once again, doubles down on himself. Yet again, he rises. Fighting countries. Fighting corporations. But yet he rises. This is more than a fight. More than a fight. This is a battle of what is right. He should not have to live like that. There's more than enough in this world, on this planet. There's more than enough to go around. Why does he have to cross the oceans for an opportunity, a fair opportunity? But yet he rises. No, 100%. Oh, no, good. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I want to calm myself down a bit. No, Please no. Jump I, I fucking... I fucking shit on Figgy, so you, you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get mad at you for fucking, you know, uh, singing the praises of, of Francis, you know. Shaman Steve said, he sleeps at the gym, love his work ethic, legendary, says band, uh, backup account, and also the people's champion. No, he's that, you know. And the, the, what I loved about this fight, again, we went into in pretty in depth, pretty deep on Friday night before the fight like a literally like 24 hours before the fight and talk about maybe this is the most important heavyweight title fight in MMA history, right? 
where you have, you know, somebody that is trying to enact social change. This is, you know, every bit of, you know, if those who follow politics here in the United States, you know, fucking uh, Bernie Sanders was getting people all riled up and hot and bothered and everything like that. And it took his own fucking party, right? His own fucking party to fucking give other money to the other candidate and the fucking lady who did it. She's like, ah, I don't want to be fucking party president anymore and jumps on the other side and whatever. We saw somebody get screwed, right? So, and again, I don't have a dog in the hunt, whatever the fuck. But that's exactly what we saw with Francis Ngannou, right? This is somebody that was created by the UFC, right? Created by the fucking UFC, right? And what did they do to their own creation? They fed him to Stipe, who, again, since he lost the title to Francis Ngannou, have we heard one blip in the UFC or otherwise about Stipe Miocic? They fucking discard you. This is somebody who is, in their mind, revisionist history, right? the greatest heavyweight, uh, you know, champion of all time, right? But Josh Barnett was so quick to say, hey, how many fucking one-night tournaments did he fucking fight, right? How many, you know, it's what you base as your metric of what the greatest is and what have you. But, for, you know, Francis beat somebody who was essentially his Achilles heel, right? In Stipe Miocic, right? And the way that, that Francis won this time, Right? He could have fucking knocked him out. Could have, right? But he showed dexterity to his game that he's never shown before. A wrestling prowess. You know, there was almost like a fucking... I mean, it was a not the greatest fucking leg lock, not the greatest heel hook, but Cyril Don fucking tried to do it, right? And Francis Ngannou fucking spun the shit out of it in a, almost the fluidity of a Dory Funk Jr. spinning toehold. Dory Funk Jr. would fucking be proud of Francis Ngannou. Every fucking NCAA wrestler, every fucking, you know, collegiate wrestler, everybody, that, uh, Jordan Burroughs, you know, fucking Mikhail Sanderson, you know, Danny Hodge, you go down the line, you know, we talked about fucking Randy Couture, uh, fucking Dan the Beast Severn, you know, Dr. Death Steve Williams, all great fucking NCAA wrestlers. They would be proud of Francis Ngannou and what he did. Everything that you you would have said going into it, the, the fucking variables that you had in your mind, the back of your mind, even if you wanted to cheer for Francis, you're like, oh, with all that muscle, it's going to take a lot of oxygen. His gas tank is going to be whatever. He went the fucking five rounds. He went 25 minutes pushing the fucking pace. Right? What more does he have to fucking show you that he's one, he is one of the greatest of all time? And again, he went up against the machine. He bet on himself. <coughs> He bet on himself, right? And went up against the big bad UFC. And yes, he finds himself in a three-fight contract or another year-long contract that could negate a potential run in Bellator or if he wanted to go and fight Tyson Fury, right? It might have negated it. But the, the fact of the matter is, like, I think he won. He, he won civilly. He won... In the uh, in the court of the public opinion, he won, right? Uh, and this is a Francis that, again. I don't I don't know if I because I thought I saw Kale's I mean Jill Sonnen's fucking um, you know uh, uh, YouTube right and how he was like yeah he brought in fucking Cal Jack right the Grizzly right friends with Cal Jack you know who on Josh Mart oh, in 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 
and incarnation of Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, where you could only fucking submit your opponent or KO opponent. Cal Jack fucking picks up his opponent in a no rope ring and throws that motherfucker, that motherfucker, up against a fucking brick wall. That's what Cal Jack did, and that's who fucking helped Francis Ngannou with his fucking wrestling. Again, say what you want. You could say whatever you want. The fact of the matter, as we sat here, right, Francis Ngannou is still evolving, right? He's, I mean, legendary. This is this is a we've seen the blind side, right? With the you know the that the gentleman, right, with the learning disabilities and whatever, and, you know, gets taken in by the, you know, the family and everything like that. That was a damn near Oscar-winning movie. We've seen Cinderella Man, right? We've seen all of this. We've seen it, seen it over the top. All of these fucking movies that fucking, you know, uh, you know, cite everything that fucking David Goggins is talking about. Get off your ass and just fucking do it, right? And yeah, man, it's just Fucking great, man. And Harvey's saying Francis' story is a great one. I can't believe that Francis Ngannou and Cyril Ghosn made 600000 and 500000 respectively. And I I hate that, too. I mean, I think they should have made much more. But again, they're at the mercy of the UFC. And until something fucking changes, right? If they I was like, hey, you know, as great of, of, of a fight and a great of a showing as it is for Francis... They could have been like, before they made the walkout, they could have both agreed, hey, we're not going out unless we get a million each. <laughs> you oh, want him to ultimate warrior then? Oh, yeah, <laughs> ultimate warrior. Right? That didn't happen. And what we did see is a display and a song <laughs> that Francis Ngannou basically uh, perpetrated on Cyril Gunn that nobody was expecting. Cyril Gunn. The 16 plus thousand people at the fucking Honda Center. There are millions of people watching around the world. None of us are ready for that. I I, I mean, you could tell, you know, hindsight 2020, you could say that you were ready for it. No, I wasn't fucking ready. I was happily fucking surprised at Francis Ngannou, right? And again, mm-hmm. he, he basically stepped away for everything, right? Everything that you know about him. Every cachet, knockout power. All that shit. Oh, he can't get past the second round. Blah, blah, blah. <coughs> All of that shit. You know? There were points where his his mouth was just... <gasps> you know? He's breathing out of his mouth. I mean, after the first first round, right? Going into the second and shit like that. I'm not saying Cyril Gunn didn't land shots, because he fucking did. There's a fucking hook to Francis's body. I was like, oh, shit. It might be over. Cyril Gunn has and, hard and, as he is. And you know what? One thing... That right there is just one example of those Africans. You know what I'm saying? They just need an opportunity. And I want to apologize. I want to be the first one to apologize for all the internet uh, scams or whatnot uh, <laughs> that my <laughs> you know what I'm saying that my people have committed against the world. But you have to understand: these people go to school with the highest education. They become doctors and lawyers and whatnot, and there are no jobs. There are no jobs. You know, they got to eat. You almost can't blame them. You know, Francis is an example. It is his hunger that drove him across that desert. It is his hunger that drove him across the seas, risking his life. 
You know, if you don't know, <clears throat> research on it, on on his uh, his his trip across this the desert and the seas. I mean, these things are he he cheated death. He cheated death, and for him to make it this far, and 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 you expect nothing but what you've witnessed. Him ever evolving as a fighter is easy compared to the the torment that he's already faced in his lifetime. This is easy stuff. You know what I'm saying? The the people that doubted him, like that team that he came from. They should have been ready for this. They were not prepared. They assumed that he wasn't going to evolve, that he was going to rely on just his power. And they game plan for just that. But they didn't expect him to evolve as a wrestler. They didn't expect him uh, or, or his team. They didn't respect his team enough to see that there's a possibility that they can bring in the gentleman that you spoke of, that super wrestler. To come work with him, they didn't. Ex they didn't anticipate this. This is what happens when you underestimate your opponent. They underestimated their opponent in that coaching staff in at uh, Extreme Couture. This is what happened. They realized they had the the ace in the hole, in 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 the beautiful striking and excellent footwork and, and excellent grappling of Ciro Gone, but they didn't equip Ciro Gone with the desire to win from within. Cyril Gon was fighting for his teacher. You cannot win this way. You cannot win this way. When you fight someone else's battle, you cannot really win this way. Especially when your opponent is, is as formidable as Francis. Francis. Francis is fighting for a country. He's fighting for a country. He's fighting so that another kid in Cameroon that, that is dreaming of, of something great to happen, a savior to come to his country and save him like Francis dreamed in the past. And it didn't happen. He has now become that person and he's bringing the dream to his people. This is what Francis is fighting for. While Sierra gone, who comes from wealth, yes, the East, I mean, the West is wealth. When you come from France, that is wealth. I don't care if you come from the ghettos of France. You get to eat. You get to eat. You get to go to school. You know what I'm saying? You get all the luxuries of life. So Syragon might have come from the slums of Paris or wherever. I don't care. Because that does not compare to what Francis has seen. You know what I'm saying? It does not compare at all. So their motivation, the magnitude is different. This is why Francis could not lose. Even when he had to have him in that heel hook. There's, you want to tell me you couldn't heel hook that big ass foot? That heel that sticks out about that much off his foot? You couldn't heel hook that? He could have done it. But the will to win was greater in Francis. Francis would have been okay if you ripped his leg off and left it in that ring. He would have been fine as long as he got the W. As long as he got the W, he would be fine. The desire from within was not there, which is why 
someone of the caliber of of Sirogon uh, lost that match, a match he was destined to win, but he lost because it wasn't his destiny. You know, in no. people's eyes, it was his destiny, but it wasn't his destiny. It was Francis's destiny. And now look at where we're at. Francis has gotten himself another talking point so he can further negotiate his contract with the UFC for right. another year if he's asked to. He won't be doing anything anyway. He doesn't have to fight. He'll right. do another interim whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it's all good. He'll sit while he continues to negotiate his contract. He Winning this match gave him another card in which he can fight against his opponent. And that yeah. is the UFC. No, 100%. And uh, just showing you the man in question, that is the Grizzly Cal Jack. Go ahead, go ahead and shoot him a follow over on the Twitter as well as the Instagram. Uh, but for those who can't see it, yep, uh, time for the main event. And that is the gentleman uh, clad in the black shirt uh, with Francis Ngannou. And, uh, I mean, he was tweet-heavy in this particular contest. Time for the main event, right? Uh, I'm fucking nervous. Uh, he also says, let's fucking wrestle, right? Um, you know, and hmm, Francis wrestling looked good. I wonder why. I'll see you guys later. Hashtag and still, right? And again, don't believe me. Talk about um, arguably one of the greatest draws in UFC history in Chael Soden, the American gangster. Let, let's, let's get some audio here. Uh, this is him talking about he might have helped surreal so okay he knows some things that i'm going to want to do i know everything that he plans to do so yes our sparring might have helped surreal but trust me when i tell you the advantage comes to me what does he mean by that it's halfway it's it's somewhat a deep philosophical thought isn't it guys and as I look at that to give my interpretation to what was basically poetry by the champion, I think he's talking about the gains that he's made. I think what he's trying to say and just didn't want to be unsportsmanlike is Surreal is the same guy today as he was then. And he was very good then, but he's the same guy today as he was then. I am not. He knows some things that I'm going to want to do. Yeah. I know everything that he plans to do. Yeah. So, yes, our sparring... Yeah, so there, there it is. Ah, it's still playing. It's still fucking playing. But essentially, you know, kind of given the fact that there has never, there hasn't been any evolution in Cyril Gan's game, you know, um, and Cyril Gan for somebody that pre-COVID wasn't even on the UFC roster, he's done pretty well. You know, amassed himself a interim championship. But again, you know, uh, it's not about the game; it's how you play it, right? That's the theme song of one Triple H, right? That's that's essentially what happened here, you know. And uh, Shaman Steve says it's uh, Michael O'Hare from the Blind Side who played for the Detroit Lions, I believe it was. Yeah. So again, everything that you believe in and want to believe in as somebody that covering overcoming a tremendous adversity, right, and coming through and shining and becoming the champion that they innately felt they could be, or somewhere along the lines, if they didn't believe it innately. Someone somewhere believed in them where others didn't and pushed him to the path of success, right? 
challenge them in ways that they haven't been challenged before. You know, and just like you said, you know, uh, with everything that Francis basically went through, you know, to to come overseas, to get through to Paris and, and all of that jazz, right? Learning wrestling is is a, a, a monicon of what he's gone through as a personal, uh, going through this thing called life as princess. So again, mm. everything, I mean, I, I can't wait to see how this newly improved Francis Ngade goes up against like guys like fucking Curtis Wades, who's been angling for a fucking title shot and whatever. Tom yes, Aspinall. Could, yeah, Tom Aspinall. Let's fucking do that. Like, it, there's a lot of exciting things, you know. Uh, they're finally getting that fucking Derek Lewis shit that we wanted in the first place. That the UFC itself fucking threw a curveball and basically, you know, went with fucking Gone and and uh, Black Beast for the interim title. Like, look, mm-hmm. there's so many possibilities. And again, with this next, this evolution of Francis, I, I, I don't know what we're going to see next. And I'm I'm more than cautiously, I'm absolutely enthralled the fact that we're seeing the side of Francis, you know, grappling that we, in a heavyweight division that wowed us, like when Frank Mir used to do it, when Josh Barnett used to do it, right? You didn't think these big juggernauts, these gargantuans could be capable of such a wrestling prowess. And that's what we're getting out of Gon, who was absolutely unexpected to perform this way. So I am fucking excited. Hey, we have to give credit to that Stipe fight. Stipe Milcic was the one that changed him forever. Yeah. Stipe showed him that you cannot rely on just the power of your hands. You know, he struggled for that. He struggled through that for 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 some time, about a year or more. Yeah. He struggled with more than it. a year. But then he gave into it. You see, he gave into it. This is it. This is the secret. This is the key to growth. You have to realize, you have to be able to see the mistakes. See, when I when I work with the kids, and uh, uh, a, a lot of time I correct them. I say, hey, man, this is wrong. That is wrong. But then when I try to correct them and they're like, oh, this, this, and that. I think I did this, this, and that. I already know that immediately in that moment, growth is happening. Because now they're able to identify their own mistakes. If I'm the one that's always saying, hey, your foot is wrong or your your heel is wrong or this is wrong and they can't see it, it's all, all my talk is a waste of time. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time because they never change. But once they start to identify the mistakes themselves while they're doing their forms, then they can fix it. Francis Ngannou was able to identify his mistake, which is not respecting the ground. And three years ago, he mentioned, they began the work to fine tune his ground. Three years he's put into this before he finally had the opportunity to show what he's actually learned. And bam, there you have it. He's actually learned something. No, 100%. And, uh, you know, also, you know, we talked about Francis. we talked about, you know, the, the Grizzly Cal Jack or Clayton Jack, as he's kind of known otherwise, uh, maybe the government name. But uh, also Eric Nixick, right, of Extreme Couture, right, Who's, as well as Dewey Cooper, right? Them formulating a, a game plan for Francis like that executed to absolute utter perfection. Fuck yes, man. I, I just I love it, man. Uh, and again, you know, so. Surrender, and I believe it's the surrender to the greatness that you're supposed to be, huh? 
I said, for sure now, the Black Beast has no chance oh, of yeah. beating Francis. No. Because that cardio that Francis has got now, that cardio, good luck, Derek yeah. Lewis. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. As fast as as fast as Cyril gone is, he couldn't stick him with the shot yep. to put him out. Derek yeah. Lewis is not that fast. Nope. He only lands in occasions of chaos. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have the footwork of Cyril gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Francis is a new fighter, a more collect fighter. Oh, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, Derek Lewis. That's yeah. my word. Yeah. So again, we can't 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 wait to see what's next for for Nanganu. You know, uh, thanks for playing, wicked uh, Cyril gone. You know, and I mean, come back and try again. <laughs> That's what I got. You know, uh, an evolution of inspiration. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. But thank you for inspiring us to uh, continue on uh, with this show, which is a simulcast on not just the According to Woods page, not just the Voodoo in the Woods page, but also Bodyslam.net and all of their social media yeah. deals. Uh, go ahead and shoot a subscription and a follow uh, where it's app uh, applicable. But for Voodoo, yeah. where can they find you on social media? Definitely uh, Voodoo Maximus on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook page, Twitter, and uh, Snapchat. Yeah, Snapchat. Let's go. Yes, and we will be going pretty soon. Uh, but we, uh, if you're in that subscribing and following deal, hey, According to Woods. Uh, According to Woods is where you can get the principal podcast on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Um, and then, you know, if you want dumb shit memes of people getting dumped on their head or just dumb shit <laughs> dad memes, I got you. I'm, don't worry. I, I, I'm your hookup. Um, so according to Woods across the board is where you can find me again, like share and subscribe to the video in the woods podcast on all of the social media streams that we're bringing this shit to you. And we're going to bring this shit again because fights are coming back. Fights are coming back yep. all left, right and center. So we got Bellator. We got some LFA. We got, you know, we just had an LFA shout out to the folks who competed at the LFA this past Friday night. Um, the commentary team of Joe Ban and I mean, it's, Fuck yes. You know, Bellator is coming back. You know, uh, PFL is coming back. I'm so excited. And I'm so excited to share this great sport of combat sports. Or, you know, this great theory of, of the evolution of track of us human beings, right? Something that we have innately, right? Is yeah. a fight, fight or flight. And we get to discuss it in real time, in real form with one of the best good brothers in the world, former U of MMA champion. And again, this guy with the face for radio. Uh, but we will be seeing you probably next Thursday, a, a really late night, uh, yeah. in the lead up to the UFC fight night that is upon us, uh, like oh, six days from now, literally on Saturday yep. uh, next week. So we will see you soon with more Voodoo in the Woods. You guys have a kick-ass week. And thank you guys for being kick-ass. Uh, continue to kick-ass. And we are, oh, fuck, I didn't run the promo. Ha, ha, ha.